15th, uh, 2023 design review committee meeting. Uh, just as a reminder to please silence um, any of your cellular devices. Could we start with the Pledge of Allegiance? Mr. Farfan, could you lead us? Thank you. Thank you. Could we have roll call, please? Committee member Farfan? Here. Committee member Fox? Here. Committee member Skrapanich? Here. Vice Chair McDermott? Here. Chair Imboden? Present. Thank you. Uh, before we start with our business, we generally give the public the opportunity to address this body on non-agendized business. I do have speakers' cards here for agendized items, but is anyone in the audience tonight to speak on matters other than what might be on our agenda this evening? Okay, seeing none, we'll move to the consent calendar. We only have one item, and that's approval of the minutes from our February 1st meeting. I'll look to the committee for a motion on that. Chair, I'd like to move to uh, approve the minutes as written. Okay, we have a motion to approve as submitted. Second. With a second. There's no further discussion. Thank you. Please vote. That is unanimously approved, 5-0. Moving on to our regular business, we have uh, first selection of design review committee officers for the following year. Um, although not required in our municipal ordinance, we uh, generally do a rotation here, and um, that would place our vice chair in the position of um, serving as our chair next year. The way we've been handling this lately, um, just to remind everyone on the committee, is that the chair has made a recommendation to the committee for chair, and then we have allowed that vice chair, or that new chair, to then make a recommendation for a, a new vice. Um, so if everyone's fine with that, um, are you getting ready to say something? Yes, I would like to uh, nominate Marianne Skorpanich for vice chair. Okay. So uh, we have a nomination of committee member McDermott to serve as chair for the following year and uh, committee member Skorpanich to serve as vice chair. So that's the motion that I'll put forward and look for a second. I'll second. We have a motion and a second. Please vote. That is also unanimously approved, 5-0. Moving on for continued items, we have design review number, item number 4799-15, St. Verena Coptic Orthodox Church. This is for a multi-purpose service building. It's my understanding that 
the applicant has requested a continuance to the April 19th meeting. Just staff to confirm that? Yes, that's correct. So on November 5th, the item was continued to Great. this evening's meeting. The applicant still needs more time, so they've requested a date certain of April 19th. Okay. So I'm personally fine accommodating that, so I'll go ahead and move um, a motion to make this continuance to April 19th and look to the committee for a second. I second that motion. Committee member Skorpanich seconds. Please vote. That is also approved 5-0. Uh, new business, design review committee item number 5104-22. This is a preliminary review for the adaptive reuse of the uh, historic Killifer building as well as the addition of a new two-story laboratory building uh, with the applicant being Chapman University. Uh, and this is for their new quantum studies uh, site, located at 541 North Lemon. Um, could we start with the staff report, please? Yes, Chair. Uh, Associate Planner Ryan Agbayani will be making the presentation. Great. Thank you. Go right ahead when you're ready. Good evening, Chair and committee members. The project for review is the adaptive reuse of the existing historic Killifer School building at 541 North Lemon Street and new two-story lab building to accommodate the Chapman University Institute of Quantum Studies. The applicant proposes to rehabilitate and remodel the ground floor of the main schoolhouse building, which was constructed in 1931 and is currently listed in the National Register of Historic Places and the California Register of Historic, Historical Resources. Improvements to the historic schoolhouse building include new heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems, plumbing work, ceiling and flooring improvements, technology and media upgrades, lighting upgrades, interior and exterior painting, replacement of existing windows with in-kind windows, and reconfiguration of pedestrian, pedestrian access and improved circulation to and from the building in conformance with the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA. A historical resource technical report submitted by the applicant includes their approach to meet the Secretary of the Interior's standards for rehabilitation projects. As part of the project, the applicant is also proposing to demolish the two existing detached, non-historic ancillary buildings which currently exist to the immediate north and south of the main schoolhouse building. A new two-story lab building is proposed at the north end of the site and has a contemporary design with dynamic elevations on the south and east facades. The exterior of the first floor of the lab building integrates terracotta tile to pay homage to the tile on the primary entryway and the original terracotta roof of the historic Killifer building. For the two-story building, the applicant is also considering two height options. Option one meets the 32 max height building height per the R3 zoning standards, but requires additional screening of the rooftop mechanical equipment. And option two exceeds the 32 foot max building height, but provides increased and architecturally integrated screening. A new electrical yard, trash enclosure, and generator pad are proposed at the north end of the parking lot fronting on Lemon Avenue, or Lemon Street, excuse me. Uh, a new second driveway will be constructed at the northwest corner of the site to facilitate access to these enclosure areas. Proposed alterations to the parking lot include removal of the existing six foot tall chain link fence on the Western property line 
installation of 11 new LED light poles, reconfiguration of ADA parking stalls to meet current standards, and elimination of some parking spaces to accommodate a fire lane and turnaround area. The purpose of this preliminary review is for the applicant to receive comments and feedback from the DRC regarding the proposed design of the project. While the DRC may comment on any aspect of the project's design, the four specific areas of focus listed in the staff report include building architecture and the relationship between the existing schoolhouse building and the proposed contemporary lab building, number two, building height and rooftop screening for the proposed two-story lab building, specifically guidance on the two elevation options, number three, location of the trash enclosure, generator, and electrical yard, and number four, landscaping. That is the conclusion of the report. Staff is available to answer any immediate questions. However, representatives from the applicant team are in attendance and will further discuss the details of the proposed project and are available for questions and clarifications. Thank you. Great, thank you. Any preliminary questions for staff at this point before we move on to the applicant team? No? I have a question. Go right ahead. Um, you talked about the options one and two on the new structure. We're only seeing one um, set of elevations, so and it looks like they're exceeding the 32, so I imagine that's the option two that's in our packets. The plans have the second option um, mm -hmm. on a separate sheet. I'm scrolling to it right now. Uh, that will be sheet EA 4.05, and that's displayed on the screen here. That's the second option. Where's the... Because I'm looking in the packet. I don't see any additional one that would be the... The first option would be uh, the previous sheet, uh, sheet okay. EA 4.04. Okay. Okay, the, the line work is so faint. I can't read the dimension lines on Let me that see one. if I can zoom okay. in Okay, okay. All right, thank you. Are they architecturally the same other, other than the height? Yes. Okay, thank you. Perhaps should be noted that the very faint rendering of the rooftop equipment as we see it on the screen right now, it doesn't really print. You so the, the, the EA 4.04 that we have um, doesn't really tell the story like the image shows on the screen right now, just so everyone kind of can understand how that's... Okay. So the information's there. It was just difficult to ascertain. So, Okay, anything else for staff before we move on? Okay, I've got a number of cards here um, for the applicant team. Um, I presume you have a statement prepared, a presentation to give of some sort. Um, so when you come forward, please give your name for the record and if you could identify your uh, position in the project so that we kind of understand the perspective um, that you uh, that you offer so that we also know who to direct 
questions too. And if the first speaker could also identify what members of the team are here so that we can gear our questions to them. Before we jump into business though, there is one card here that I'm not quite certain of, and that is Matthew Lee, I believe. Uh, it says item number two. Is it this item or the next one? The next item, okay, thank you. I'll change that so you don't have to speak on this one. Okay. But you can still fill out a card and speak on this one if you like. I don't want to cut you off. So if the applicant wishes to come forward and give a presentation at this time, and again, just state your name and your affiliation to the project. Go right ahead, thanks. Um, I'd like to introduce uh, Lisa Driscoll, Vice President of Community Relations. We have from the design team, um, Patty Ree and Chad Rigo from EYRC Architects. We have Tina Prater from TMB Planning and John Lacasio from HRG. Uh, Colette Crepel, Vice President of Campus Planning and Design, is watching online and listening. Uh, just wanted to let you know. We'll be careful what we say then. <laughs> <laughs> so first, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity for us to present um, at this initial briefing um, about the rehabilitation of the Killifers building and site. Our intent is to rehabilitate the historic historic Killifer School Building, which is on the National Registry, into a new permanent home for our Institute of Quantum Studies. This includes the Advanced Physics Lab and Optics Lab. IQS is led by uh, recognized research leaders, world-renowned recognized research leaders, and we're proud to have them at Chapman University. This project will transform the historical landmark into a hub of research, and public outreach component for the building's significant history. Slide two. The Killifer site is located in the center in red, and it's located on a parcel identified as 541 North Lemon Street. Chapman University acquired this property in September of 2022, and some points of reference are in the lower right-hand corner, our core campus. Upper right-hand side is our Northeast residential quad. It is student housing. And on the left side is the Cypress Street schoolhouse. So this is sort of in the center of our facility. Next slide. Uh, we plan to rebuild rehabilitate this historic school in accordance with the Secretary of Interior Standards for the treatment of historic properties. We also intend to replace two ancillary buildings, top and bottom of that slide, and the storage shed to the left with a new two-story research lab. The project is on the east portion of this site, 
with some interventions to the western portion. Next slide. As you have seen on site and in these photos here, the building has been empty and boarded up for more than 15 years. Despite the graffiti and general trashing of the building, broadly speaking, it is in fairly good condition. Since acquiring the site, we have installed security lighting, cameras, and secured it. We are excited to begin the process of beginning to build this building back to life. Our target date for reopening is August of 2024, and we look forward to partnering with the city and the community in the work ahead. I will now turn this over to Patty. Hi, my name is Patty Ree. I'm a partner at Ehrlich and I Ree Cheney Architects, um, and I'm the partner in charge of the project. So if you could go to the next slide. So I'm just going to read this statement. Um, we are making a new home for Chapman's Institute for Quantum Studies, including the Optics Lab and Advanced Physics Lab. The project will transform the historical landmark into a hub for research with a public outreach component for the building's significant history. And so this is just showing kind of an, an aerial view where we're um, going to place the new building and um, where the existing historic Killifer building will be, um, there's the two wings that encircle the courtyard and then we're creating three new outdoor spaces for the project. The historic building is 10,662 square feet, basement not included, and the new lab building on the left-hand side is 6,441 square feet, and the lab building is two stories. Next slide. And so just to give you a sense of what's going on in the site plan, you've got your gray building, um, the historic building, and then um, the equipment, as Brian mentioned, over on the northwest corner and then the new lab building adjacent. You can see how we are setting back a good distance from Olive Street for our new building. Um, and that is in order to pay respect to the um, street-facing facade of the Killerfer building. And you can see the great majority of the western lot is not being touched by our project. Um, we are providing accessible paths uh, to the main entry off of Olive at number 12 here, and also at number 17 on the southern side. We are also providing accessible access from the western side of the project via these, um, meand these uh, meandering paths through the courtyard, while still preserving a great um, part of that uh, courtyard space. Um, I think if we go to the next slide, we can talk more about some of the landscape features. We are trying to create three distinct rooms, outdoor rooms, on the western side of the project. Um, these outdoor rooms that are formed by the new building as well as the existing building walls. And so the main um, central courtyard, which is flanked by the um, existing historic portico, will be the flexible event space, similar to what it was in its um, original life. And that uh, space is going to be um, facing the, the original stage as well. 
On the southern portion, we are creating a more quiet thinking space kind of courtyard that preserves, it's centered around the existing historic uh, tree on site. And then on the northern courtyard, it is going to be um, a more flexible area for uh, communal, communal gatherings, meetings, indoor-outdoor meetings, etc. And then on the eastern side of the site, we are um, preserving as much as we can the existing trees, and we are providing that accessible path that takes you, that um, negotiates the difference in grade from the floor levels, the existing floor levels, and the sidewalk levels. Next slide. And so just to show you a a bit more of the floor plans um, for the Killifer building as well as the lab building. Uh, here you can also see how we are stepping back our new building and um, the majority of spaces are going to be the, um, the more theor theoretical studies portion of the program um, and what you see in the purple are the more um, communal spaces like the conference room, the commons room and the entrance leads into a lobby space here where we plan to have an exhibit dedicated to the telling of the history of the building. Um, the new building is also is going to be more for experiment, experiments and so that would be mostly lab and lab support spaces. Next slide. Um, the second floor of the lab building, it's just very simple layout. It's showing the different um, lab and lab support spaces. And then in that roof plan, yeah, you, that's a, this is fine. And then in the roof plan, you can see um, we essentially have a flat roof, but it does tip down at the corner, exposing um, or showing up as a uh, standing scene metal roof and in homage to the um, sloped roofs of the historic building. Um, and then we are preserving the existing roof, repairing it as needed, but preserving it in its existing state and um, also preserving the cupola that is over the lobby space. Next slide. And then in terms of the elevations for the project, we are preserving and rehabilitating as much as we can. Um, in these elevations, you can see the historic building adjacent to the new building the new two-story building, and we are trying as much as possible to be deferential to the historic building, not only um, spatially by setting it back from the street, but also in the choice of materials and expression. And so while the historic building is um, stucco that is going to be uh, repaired as needed, um, we are also using a plaster, a textured plaster up on the upper level with um, windows that are reminiscent and respectful of the punched windows within the existing historic building. The base of our new building is going to be um, a tile in a, a tile with texture that is in a coloration that would be complementary to the existing roof color of the historic building. Go to the next slide. Um, so this one also shows the new building in relation to the historic building. Um, and I can talk to them. It's better in the um, 3D renderings to, to describe it. Um, this is just showing just the killer for um, elevations, and we have one for just the, the new buildings. And so I, I think I've pretty much covered 
things that we're talking about, the existing cupola, existing archway, um, the, the entrance, the, the main entrance along Olive Street um, that provides the accessible path. And then, um, you know, maintaining and preserving the existing windows as much as we possibly can. You can go to the next slide. And then here we have the new building. Here you can see where the roof tips down to bring the scale of it down ever so slightly where it faces the historic building. We're locating the circulation into the second floor. It's a very um, tight and efficient building, so we have the ex uh, circulation on, on the exterior um, leading up to the second floor. And I think we can go to the imagery. Yeah. And so this is the original entrance, um, the, the uh, arched entryway of the historic building. You can see where we have made that um, entry landing a bit larger to make the accessible path um, work with the building. Otherwise, because in its original state, it's, there's just nowhere for one in a wheelchair to land. Um, and we're doing these things in, as, in a sensitive way to integrate with the landscape and the historic building as, as much as possible. And here you can see how the new lab building is set back from the street. And then this gives you a view of the new building um, from the northernmost courtyard side. This is that courtyard where we plan to have communal activities, outdoor meetings, etc. And then you can start to see that the stucco is going to have some kind of texture to it. And there's a variation in the window opens, opening size, which harkens back to the Killifer building. And then just another view from ground level. And I think that is the last slide. And so in, in some, um, what we're really trying to do is preserving and uh, rehabilitating this 100-year-old building as much as we can to its original state, but understanding also that we are planning for the next 100 years of this building. And so it needs to function and operate to, you know, for the um, operations that are happening within it, the program that are happening within it for the physics and the, um, the research, et cetera, that, that is happening. And we are, you know, our goals are to, to also make it as accessible for all people and um, bringing it up to code and being compliant, doing all those things which are requirements for us, um, but also being sensitive to the context that we're in, being in this residential neighborhood, and being next to this, uh, really um, honoring the history of the building. Thank you. Thank you. You might get a promotion soon. Uh, any questions for the applicant before we move on to public comment? Obviously, we'll have plenty of time to discuss, and but I'm ready to hear from the public, I think. Okay. So I'm going to call speakers forward. Um, I believe I have two from the public. Um, so if I don't call your name, let me know, because I've got a number of cards here that I'm dealing with tonight. First speaker is Diana Zdenek, and then behind her is Tim McCormick. I think
Again, you have three minutes. Please just introduce yourself, provide your name, and go right ahead. Good evening, Diana Stenick. First, I'd like to say thank you to Chapman for restoring this building. As a preservationist, I can respect that. However, I do have a few questions. This is a school and a very historic school, so I'm wondering if you will be restoring the flagpole and putting it back where it used to be, which would be right outside the front door. Two, I see that the entrance foyer is being remodeled. And I'd like to learn more about that because it seems that this is probably the most public space in the building, yet it seems like it's being altered quite a bit. The National Registration nomination did include a number of character-defining features, so I'd like to know how the university is planning to treat those. Three, will the name remain the Killifer School, or will it be changed to Killifer and a donor name? Four, lastly, does Chapman intend to provide some level of public access to this building for the purpose of its association with the cultural history? Will any of the classrooms be maintained and or restored to its period of significance? Thank you. Thank you. And up next is Tim McCormick. And that's the last of the public speaker cards. Okay. Good evening, Design Review Committee, Chair and Bowden. Thank you for having me. Um, once again, it seems odd to be on this side of the dais, but uh, it's getting to be fun. First thing I want to say is thanks to Chapman for doing this. Uh, I know when I was on this body, um, we saw this many, many times, and this is really, really cool that it's coming back um, in the fashion it's coming back. So I'd like to thank them for, for that. I also wanted to, um, my comments are going to be um, basically listed. Because this is a preliminary review, these are the things I'm thinking about, so I'm not going to talk a lot about them. So if uh, it'll be on record that these are some of the things that um, myself, as, as well as an association with OTPA, uh, will be looking at as this project moves forward. Um, in the past, preliminary reviews happened many, numerous times with Chapman on, on various buildings on site, so this probably may go in the same direction, but we'll see. Um, I'll just start listening this, that on things I'm concerned about. I think Diana said something about this, but I'm concerned about the historic fabric inside and outside and some special concerns about the northeast entry lobby. Um, I wanted to find out a little bit more about the approach to site design, um, ADA access and how they expresses an historical context. Uh, right now, it's, it's fairly arbitrary uh, that it's proposed. School design in the 30s and 40s would likely not have done that. So I want to see if we can address that issue. Ground plane treatment, hard and soft. How, is that, how does, does that uh, express some respect to the site's history and use? Um, I want to take a look at the 11 light poles and how they are not coordinated with non-proposed parking lot shading trees. Um, and also a special focus to something especially detailed is this textured plaster on the new building. So I'd like to find out a little bit more about that. Um, especially on how it expresses itself in those, those diagonal um, planes to the punched windows. That's, uh, it seems to be a very, very difficult way to treat that you know, building plane. So since it's preliminary review, those are just the things we're always thinking about. So thank you. Oh, plus the plan palette. I want to talk about that, obviously. Thanks. 
Okay, thank you. So that's the last of the um, public comments, request for comment. Um, so at this time, I'm guessing, um, again, this is preliminary review, so I'm guessing there's probably a lot of questions. I know that I had the opportunity to, to tour the site with Chapman, and I'm thinking that the rest of the committee has too, probably. Um, and so I wanted to first start by thanking the university for doing that because it, it did um, really help to understand the project. The one thing I would like to share is the, the drawings that we received. Um, some of them are missing um, keynotes. And then in mine, some of the keynote tags have no numbers in them. So um, hopefully understand we're working a little bit of a handicap here. I see the, the drawings we're looking at on the screen, those seem to be there, but they're not necessarily present um, in mind. But we understand this is preliminary review and um, we've all been where you're at. So, there, But there may be some questions that um, seem peculiar and that may be why. So um, I guess at this time I'd like to open it to the committee to ask questions about the project, if everyone agrees that that's the best way to proceed. And I would say in regards to the applicant, whoever is best suited, just come forward and state your name and again your position to the project and uh, whatever you, response you might be able to give is fine. So, looks like you're can ready I, to go. Well, can I suggest, Chair, yeah. that we we um, take this on? Like maybe we start with the historic preservation building and issues around that, and then everybody talk about those comments and then talk about the new. I think I'd rather do questions oh, just as questions okay. and then kind of bring it back and then it may make sense to walk through it more. Okay, so that might yeah, be later. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, gotcha. I do have um, some questions. Some questions? Go right ahead. Um, well, there was a comment about the, the condition of the drawings. One of my biggest problems on the drawings is they're so faint that I can hardly read anything. I can't find where the dimension lines are dimensioned to, and you know those super thin lines are just lost. And the ones that are ghosted are—I didn't even realize that there was some information missing. But most of it is just so faint that you—I I can't read it. So when you resubmit, you want to make sure they're clear when you do your reductions that they're legible on your next time around because there's um, the. the this it, drawings in this condition, I wouldn't be able to make um, findings and actually approve yeah, yeah. because I, I can't tell what I'm reading. Um, okay, so um, some of the questions I kind of want to um, tag team on some of the commenters because they hit on a few things that I think are of um, of interest, and one of them is the material treatment. I think that was what Mr. McCormick was referring to, the plaster treatment. I would be curious to see what that is that seems to be showing up in the rendering. You can't see it in the elevations. And, you know, what is that? Is that plaster? Is that a some kind of raked plaster or something? If somebody could talk it's, about what that is. It's just described so, as a raked plaster. But I, I think specifically the question that was asked, and I'm going to add it to your question, is the difficulty of raking a complex angle. Yeah, and it seems to, 
radiate from the windows? Right, so, which kind of curious. Yeah, so I think that. just a little further clarification yeah, yeah. on yeah. that. So it's comes a combed. Together. It's like a combed finish, and we've used it on another project um, in Costa Mesa, and basically you can have a um, a jig made, and then the subcontractor would draw it down when the plaster is still wet mm -hmm. to come up with that finish. And what we were trying to do, the goal was to make it um, something that feels a little handmade, a little more um, textural, and thus giving it some scale, human scale to it. Okay, okay. Yeah. And while you're there, I have another question. Um, in your comments, you, you said you were trying to be differential to the existing building with the new building in its um, materiality, and then also you said in its expression. Can you, can you elaborate on what, how the expression of the building is well, deferential to the historic yeah. building? So you, we don't want to copy by any means the building. That's just not, and John would back me up on that. And John is our historical consultant. Mm -hmm. And so um, we were always checking with him every step of the way, making sure we're doing the right thing here. And so we wanted it to be very simple in its form, very quiet, understated. Um, and But in the coloration, it's um, complementary to the existing building. And so in terms, so it was important that in terms of the scale, it felt um, not overwhelmingly large, but human scale and of the scale of the neighborhood. It is a two-story building. There are other two-story buildings in the neighborhood, but given all those things, that's kind of how we okay. came up with our design. And so um, then tag teaming on that comment, if you're um, being um, looking at the context of the neighborhood and the, um, did you study the shape or the outline of the building next door? It's not reflected on your elevations for a contextual reference? Yeah, I mean, we didn't necessarily want to copy the buildings next door to us, et cetera because it's not a house, but we wanted the right. scale of it to feel more of a residential scale, which I, to me, this feels it, a, more of a residential scale by having a different material on the first floor versus the second floor, um, the scaling of the, the windows, um, and then also of the materials themselves, going with a plaster, going with something like a tile that has a smaller um, unit to it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we looked at different configurations of making more of the, the roof slope apparent, um, but given the height restrictions, we couldn't, it didn't make sense to make so much of the roof be sloped, right? Because it would just drive the roof height, overall roof height, to be much taller. Okay. Um, and then on the ingress and egress to the second floor with the stairs. Mm -hmm. um, I understand the open stair condition into the courtyard, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure why you would do a similar treatment to the stairs that are sort of squeezed into the side yard. Um, did you consider, I have a concern there. I mean, I know this is just questions, but um, I'm, I'm, feeling like that's not responding to context and don't know if you were yeah. thinking well, about it is that. Well, it is an exit stair. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wish we had the luxury of having a huge footprint to work with, but everything is really constricted because we're trying to have the setback from Olive Street. 
we are trying to set ourselves back from the existing Hillifer building, um, and then also from the neighbors. We don't want to be slammed right up against the um, existing cypress mm -hmm. trees. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, in my opinion, having an exterior stair that is exposed versus enclosed is much less of a mass. It, it's mass, less massive than if it were to be enclosed. It, and is it um, only for fire? Uh, reasons you have it, is it mostly going to be used like as an emergency exit or is it going to be... I don't know how the users will eventually exit. use the building. Mm -hmm. I imagine that if they wanted to use that exit, they could, but they could also alarm it and say it's only in terms of emergency, which, you know, I, I can't predict how they're going to actually use okay. it. But um, okay. definitely the one on the courtyard side is meant to activate that courtyard that you know it will provide good opportunities for people to see each other see and be seen etc okay and then on the main building i mean on the on the killifer building i did have some questions oh, maybe it was a landscape issue um it seemed like in some of the renderings it's like the courtyards between the new and the old building were were fairly flat but it seems like there's a big uh elevation change between the entries that would enter the Killifer building and the entries that would enter the new building. And so are you addressing that in the landscape? It seems like all the walks are flat into, yeah, this is a good. The, the, okay, can you go to this, the presentation that we did and then there's a site plan in there? Are you talking about the, the northern courtyard or the main yeah. courtyard? Yeah, the northern courtyard has um, in the site plan a walk going into the existing um, Killifer building, which is actually when you're out on site is actually above grade, as I recall. It was up, we, we, we were on a raised walk kind of getting up to that. And then the new building, so you're I, it just about looks to me here. like they're all in the same, I'm sorry, I can't see that on my screen what you're pointing yeah, yeah, that's the courtyard, yeah, the northern courtyard. And there's an access into the building, which is kind of near where the, the girls' restrooms were, I think, um, in the, near the apps type end, that, that entrance there. It all looks Over like here. it's flat. And in fact, it's a raised foundation in the building. So I didn't know if you had addressed um, the elevation difference between the new structure the finished floor elevations. In that location, I'm not sure what the delta is. Chad, do you know that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Chad Rigo with the URC Architects. I'm the project manager on the okay. project, so I'm pretty intimately familiar with the project. Um, we are manipulating the grades. Is this the right? Yeah. Um, uh, the grading so that we're providing accessible access here. So there's a solid paving here. So our transition from the existing elevation to that uh, walkway would be, you know, uh, within half an inch, which is uh, typical for ADA. So what you're seeing in the existing conditions with the, could you go back to the, or to the existing condition slide? Um, I think it's a little bit up here. Uh, yeah, keep going here. Yeah, so these uh, sloped walkways here, mm -hmm. um, in comparison to the Killifer building, there's quite a substantial drop um, in the proposed designs, um, our grading plans show um, how we plan on accommodating accessible access. Um, and it wouldn't be, there's not these like, you know, heavy, serious mounds 
Um, but uh, we're bringing um, this uh, this particular area uh, to um, to code. So you're going to be raising the grade at that end to mm -hmm. meet those doors. You were just pointing to an entrance, which is I thought where the electrical room doors were that were lower. So. so like there's some doors on that structure that are lower. And maybe this is getting too particular. We should wait for after public comment and get into okay. the, the okay. nitty gritty. Well, I, think well I think in general, yeah, I don't know that it's resolved because there's a historic door at a lower level and then around the corner there's an entrance door at a higher level, mm -hmm. you've got a new building and I think a lower level. And mm -hmm. I think yeah. questions yeah. on that to make sure we're not blocking in any historic mm -hmm. doors. But I think to reiterate your question, because um, I'm going to have similar question. Obviously, the existing entry doors on this building are considerably higher than the existing grade. The existing grade, yeah, yeah. So in order to have a ramp that gets from point A to point B, the landscape will follow that ramp. I mean, that's that's what we're trying to ascertain. Right, some right. Areas, yeah. yeah, in like some areas. Yeah, exactly. There, there are areas where we're, we're essentially manipulating the grading to meet uh, accessible paths. Right. right. Okay. And, but when you see in your proposed ramping in order to get up to, in, in the main courtyard, you know, in the mm -hmm. central courtyard, you're having a pretty long ramp snaking through there to get you up there. On the other side, you're not showing any ramp anywhere close to that length, and you still have to get up there. That's are, you, are, you t are you talking about this in comparison to this? Or, I'm sorry, so the central courtyard in comparison no, to... No, I'm talking about the north courtyard in <laughs> yeah. comparison to the central courtyard. Yep, yep. Not the front. That's another issue we can talk about. But yep. the north courtyard, if you're also having to get up the same elevation change, you're not... You don't have as long a distance as you've provided in the central court yeah, to yeah. get up there. So, okay. Our, Greg, right ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. We do not have ADA accessibility from that north side into the existing structure. The two points of ADA access are from the center courtyard and from the front off of Okay. So, are you doing steps or are you just doing a steeper We're going to be ramp? Doing steps with walkways. Okay. So, there's no steps indicated right now on the landscape plan. Okay. We're going to need to see that if you're coming back. So, and for clarification, I can speak from Chapman University to the comment or the question about the North Staircase. It will be used in emergency access, exit only. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay. Um, and then the another question is the, the one that's, this door that's being pictured on your the cover of your thing. We didn't see it on site because I think it's been boarded over, but does it still exist? Do you guys know if it still exists? The one on the, the north does, and the one on the south, I believe, is somewhere else that we're going to place back. So the one on the north, facing north, yeah, we saw that shooting one. north, is still intact and is still there. The one on the north that is in the other courtyard area is missing and gone. We have no idea where it so is. So that's this one, because this is that not is the, the one on the north. Point. This is the south, right? That is the south. Half of it is still Fairly intact. Okay. The other half has been destroyed. Just okay. Destroyed. All right. All right. Thank you. If I could do a follow-on question to that, when I was on site last week, um, I thought there was one pair of those doors that were still in C two. Is that true? Yes. Yes. 
that, and then uh, in the hallway there was a stack of some doors and maybe windows and those other two were there one of which was in in one piece and the other was in multiple pieces mm -hmm. yeah I did I did see that I just wanted to confirm that I there were both both sets and and I want to encourage everyone I think if we're on a subject like just now if if you're you know right on the edge of that please go ahead and ask it so that we don't have and to I do have a related it. question to the sidewalk the sloped sidewalks are you changing the grade of just the pavement the hardscape or are you for example in both the courtyard and the front entry proposing to change the grade of the of the earth around it it would be the walkway and the earth um, to get we're, we're these are not considered ramps these are sloped walkways right. uh, and we've done that because we felt like guardrails and handrails would be uh, distracting or um, not complementary to the historical um, design uh, so uh, our intention is to ma manipulate both the grade and the walkway um, to achieve an under 5% slope um, while meeting the, I guess, the height difference from the sidewalk to the existing landing, which that elevation would stay the same. And then all of the existing structure stays the same with the sloped uh, walkways meeting those existing uh, elevations. So the landing where the, um, uh, in the center of the courtyard that projects out into the courtyard, Mm -hmm. um, is that going to be at grade with the landscaped area? The stage, you mean? That little piece that sort of, um, I can't the point, but um, there, there, there where it says a... flexible event space, yes. and there's oh, an arrow. The, the stage? Yeah, that stage, yes. what I'm calling a stage. Yes. Is that going to be level then with the landscape area, or is no. it going to be still up? It, it will still be higher. Okay. Um, the, the grading will come, won't cover the stage, um, there, there will be at least like, you know, six to ten inches at a minimum uh, lower than that. So we can kind of keep the same relationship uh, or the same prominence uh, for that edge that was there before, previously. Okay. Thank you. It, I, I just want to point out, I only noticed this again on the screen. If we go to EA402. Yeah, ju just want to apologize in advance, but these prints were at 30 inches by 42 inches, and so the presentation that was used today uh, has some more legible text, um, which is probably why you're squinting uh, yeah. quite a bit. This wasn't so, intended to be at 11 by 17. No, I don't think this actually is the image I'm referring to. I, that is the page I asked you. I thought that there was an image that showed kind of a slope section um, of landscape in the presentation today that I could not read in the set that I have. Um, I thought that it showed kind of a bowing section through the landscape, showing the building in elevation. Um, and maybe I imagined that. Um, maybe it's in the elevations? Yeah, it would be with the elevations. I thought one of these, oh, there we go, right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't, maybe we don't have that sheet. Maybe that's why I've not seen that before now. Um, yes. However, I think that only tells 
part of the story because in the left-hand corner of that open space is where the ramp meets the building. This, I'm going to call it a ramp. I know it's a slope, but um, but we don't have grade pulled up to that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not really reflecting yeah. what the real conditions. But I, agree. I wanted to point this out because this starts to show some elevation changes which we have not seen in front put in front of us so far so and i and i think it's important i know it's a preliminary review but when you come back i think we need to see how the new grade is going to be up against the existing structure because mm -hmm. in this rendering we can see on the front on the east elevation there's a lot of venting underfloor venting that's exposed so i am concerned about Anyway, I'm, we're getting into comments, but and then the same thing is true in the courtyards, and so it's really unclear in the drawings if you're covering up those vents, um, which yeah. which is going to be an issue for keeping the building preserved <laughs> so that it can continue to ventilate. And then, <clears throat> but also they're very interesting vents. They're like these very large round series of holes that are um, kind of a I'm not sure if they came up as character-defining feature. I don't. I didn't. I believe they did. Spend enough time reading all of the materials. So, um, anyway, that's a concern. Okay. Okay. The comments noted, and we're, we'll we'll take a closer look at the central courtyard area. I have a, a few questions about some of the um, materials that you're showing. Uh, for example, the rail. Uh, Rail two, stainless steel cable guardrail. Where is that located? It says breezeway. Where is that going to be used? The uh, it'll be used for the two stairs. Um, oh, this for, is going to be for the on lab the building. building. On this only is it only on the lab building? Yes, it's only on the lab building. Okay, great. And we uh, had some other. And then the steel fencing with vines. Is that intended to be on Lemon Street? Olive Street. Um, I think it's marked on the on the site plan um can point to it uh yeah it's uh right here it's number 18 but there there and there uh but they're okay. set, set back short. oh i see where you have that sort of a gate area yeah, exactly. yeah. access okay. points okay. Uh, okay thank you thank you that that's helpful and um I have a few. I have a few other. I, I have a rail question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Hang on to yours. I think. Um, so steel and uh, metal, metal and steel cable. You understand me. Uh, railing for the new building, combination railing for the new building. But the new building will require new railing as well. Um, is that included in our packet? What that kind of the design concept of what that would be because. There, there is a very distinctive and unique rail that exists on the building now, and I'm just wondering, does that get removed and replaced? Is there a supplementary one? How, what's the approach there? For the historic building. Or yeah. if we're not there yet, that's yeah. fine oh, too. Uh, no, uh, so the stainless steel. No, I'm talking about the okay. I'm talking about the historic building. Okay, so that railing that is there does not currently meet. Um, of course, code. right. So uh, our intention was to uh, remove that um, and uh, uh, work with the grading so that our height we were within code limits for 
you know, essentially no uh, uh, railings in that area. So it needs to be studied more. Um, I think there's been some conversations about keeping the vents, which kind of conflicts with that, but um, we'll, we'll work internally with Chapman and present back at a later time. Okay, yeah, and we may have some comments on that. I'll have some comments on that. But clearly where you're including new stairs on the historic building, you'll need new railings there. Uh, we'll have handrails, yes. So, so that we'd want to see what that... The, uh, yes, it, it, it's a stainless steel uh, handrail. There won't be the cable system, um, but the handrails uh, would be um, there for the stairs. Okay. As well as for the uh, ramp in the... In, um, uh, the ramp that's on the north end of the breezeway. But we're trying to, essentially, the cable system that's in the uh, lab building, there's, it's a combination of cables and rails. Mm -hmm. um, and on the Killifer building, we're trying, we're trying to, uh, or we currently do not have any cables. It would just be just delicate handrails to avoid. Um, it's just kind of cluster with the historical facade. It's not a guardrail, it's just a handrail. Yeah. So it's just a simple line. Okay. I have the goal question. is to not have the obstruction, the distraction of guardrails everywhere in the context of the historic building, which was why the idea was to have the grades come up to the building so you could eliminate yeah. that guardrail. Well, I, I sort of follow that, but I'm looking at the number of steps where you have, say, 14, keynote 14, and staff, could we zoom in there just a bit? It looks like approximately probably six steps or so to get mm -hmm. up there. Yep. That would require both a guardrail and a handrail. Yeah. Well, unless that grade is following it. absolutely follows that at the same height. Or, yeah, we, we, you need to be within 30 inches, but uh, we're going to try to stay within 20. But we're going to study that a little bit more, and we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Okay. Okay. And I understand if it's not, this is preliminary, that it's not resolved yet. I get that. Okay. But the, the comments are good. It helps us for the, for the okay. next round. Uh, okay, another another question. These are somewhat random. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned uh, in the materials the tile. Uh, that is going to be the color, the color of the original terracotta roof. Um, but are you, you're not replacing, you're not restoring the original terracotta roof. Uh, so I just want to clarify that that's your, that's your intention not to, not to use the terracotta on the historic building, not to replace, restore the historic, the historic we're terracotta, but you're using terracotta tile on the on the new lab building. Yeah, we're we're preserving what's existing um, on the which asphalt, building, right? which is the asphalt shingle. Yes. So you're referencing something that's not there. We're we're referencing the tile. Memory that was of used it. At, <laughs> memory of it. Yeah, the memory of it. Uh, it's 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 used both for the the uh, memory of the roof, but as well as the entryways. Um, it looks like they removed the tile that um, there's kind of a, a molding piece along the interiors that had a really decorative uh, tile piece there. And so the tile also pays homage to that aspect as well. Okay. Uh, another question I, I have. I oh, like the tag go, ahead, go ahead. So one thing. Um, Oh, it's not in this. It was digitally provided to us a color material. <coughs> oh, no, it is in here, actually. 
is it appears to me, and maybe this is just the print, that the tile that you're proposing for the new building um, appeared to be a, a rather a raw or maybe bisque finish here. No. Mm -hmm. um, with, you know, kind of a yellow undertone. Um, but the terracotta that exists on the historic building is a traditional red clay ter terracotta. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at hues that are around that range. Um, so that image is depicting something around there, but uh, we're, we're studying the final color. Okay. Okay. And it's interesting that you bring up the entry tile because that was not a plain terracotta. That was more like a Malibu, very decorative and I'm sure very colorful, but that's not your intention to restore that, even though we have photographs that show what that was. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Aren't the vents made out of terracotta? Yeah, this is this we're 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 trying to um, utilize our we're, our project scope is rehabilitation, um, and so uh, we're adapting for the new use and not mm -hmm. uh, restoration. Not restoration. Mm -hmm. Well, most projects are a combination yeah, yeah, of yeah. the different approaches. Yep. <clears throat> Can I change the subject? Yes. Okay, I'm going to change the subject to the the address. The address is Lemon Street. So that is, are you treating that as the front entrance or the main entrance? Hi, good afternoon. I'm Tina Prater. I'm with TMB Planning. I'm helping out Chapman with their entitlements. Um, we would prefer an all-street address. We have made an application in with Public Works um, that's under review. So uh -huh. if you support that, that would help us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is that that's an that's interesting to know because since the site, you know, goes goes all the way through the block, it is like you have two two fronts, um, and I regardless of what the the address is, I think that you need to. This is just my opinion on this, but I think that that both sides need to have. Be, there's no back basically, to this. And so I'm, I'm interested in how you're going to treat the Lemon Street elevation, the stage, which is very prominent, um, and how it's going to look from the street with whatever it is you're going to do um, around the perimeter and the parking lot. The parking lot. Um, the, is, what is the, what's the parking requirement, and is any of that parking lot um, buildable space for you? I want to talk more about address. Go ahead. I think there's a historian in the crowd that I recognize. Could I ask a question? This is something that um, I noticed actually at the time the National Register nomination was submitted that I found kind of peculiar. And now I see it's found its way into the report as well. Is that it discusses... The secondary facade of the building, it makes reference to the Olive Street facade as the secondary facade in the National Register nomination as well as in the report. But then also in the report, it comes back talking about the recessed primary east entrance. And I don't want to you know, spend too much time on semantics, but 
as you know, what we consider to be the primary facade, secondary facade, tertiary, that all matters. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to understand from a broader project perspective what is perceived to be, how do we perceive these facade, facades? I, I can only attribute that to a, a typo. Um, okay. Because the historic building, the Killifer yeah. School building, the primary facade is clearly the Olive Street facade. Okay. That's, okay. that's the primary facade. I think you've answered it then. Thank you. Just wanted to clarify that. Because it is confusing in the National Register nomination, it does call the Olive facade as the secondary facade. And then that also got carried over into your report responding to this. But it sounds like we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So. We, can, we can fix our report. We can't fix the nomination at this point. Just because, obviously, it plays into how we think about yes. the building. So great. Thank you. Thank you. So now, I'm sorry. You were talking um, about parking. Parking right? and, and the Lemon Street side. And um, how much required parking is there? And, and what is the – where can you be uh, building – on the on the parking lot, is there anything available in the parking lot? What's the story? Um, I, uh, I think uh, Chapman and Greg can speak to the second question of the buildable. I don't uh, foresee any plans to do that. Um, we've tried to preserve the existing parking lot, uh, the existing parking stalls as best as possible. It's not in our scope of work uh, at the moment. So other than the comments that have been provided by the SRC, um, it's essentially limited to that. Yeah. Well, that got deflected real fast, didn't it? Uh, and staff might want to jump in on this one because I think this is just... Yeah. I'm not even looking to make comment on it as much as I am to understand it. Mm -hmm. So the existing parking right now that we're providing for is 57 stalls, which does um, meet the requirements for the parking based on the, the GLA here, so... Um, as far as buildable area, the parking lot was never really in the scope for this phase of the project for Chapman. Um, the first phase of this uh, project is really focusing on rehabilitating the Killifer building and getting to operation in time um, for the fall semester of 24. So um, it it's, hasn't been contemplated at this moment to rehab the parking lot, um, but we may be able to do that in the future. But it's not a part of the current scope. We did have. I, I'm confused about that. Mm -hmm. So this project is actually proposing a large building to be added to the site. How is the parking exempt from being evaluated as part of this? Proposal? The total square footage uh, of the existing versus the new is very similar, so it doesn't change the parking I see. But the, with the two structures being removed. Correct. Okay. But um, I had a, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I have, I have serious issues with the parking and why it's being left out of the scope because there's zero landscaping in it and it's um, a huge heat sink of d deplorable asphalt leading up to this now beautiful proposed courtyard. And it's just, it's such a mismatch that I've been just shocked that it wasn't part of the scope. And I, I couldn't figure out how it got away with not having to meet any codes? I mean, you're doing a new building. Why are we not having to meet some minimal requirements for landscape in the parking lot? Well, we're also doing a site plan review. Well, and I had a question yeah. for staff, which is when this comes back for us to, when it's not preliminary review, is the whole parcel going to be included in what we review, or is this being piecemealed into two different projects? 
We are looking at the overall site. I think the challenge with the parking lot is there's a certain parking requirement. Um, it's an existing legal non-conforming parking lot. And so um, recognizing there is a certain amount of parking required, there's a certain amount of space needed for fire accessibility and circulation. You know, when we, when we factor all of that in, the approach that we've been taking at the staff level with this parking lot is where are there opportunities to bring it closer into conformance with the code. So looking at areas that maybe would otherwise be striped asphalt, converting that to landscaping, looking at the interface between the sidewalk and the parking spaces, and is there room to add some landscape and perimeter landscaping to break that up. So as we've been working with the project team, that's been our focus is don't, don't miss opportunities in dead spaces in the parking lot to um, not convert that to some sort of landscaping. Okay. Well, and, and we did receive that comment from staff and we, and we did add the two foot uh, landscape. Yeah. Two feet. So, so and, I and guess if I could follow on that question or, or re-ask the question, will this be resolved when this comes to us for action? Do we anticipate that it will be? Yes. You should see plans that show what, what, what we believe is possible to accomplish in the parking lot. Okay. okay. I, I seriously look at, I mean, how much is being in, impacted? The, the project is requiring the hammerhead, you know, um, Fire truck turnaround. You're putting in your um, your stormwater infiltration tank, your trash enclosure, your um, electrical equipment, and all of that is listed as being outside the scope of the limit of the project. But in fact, it's a big <laughs> chunk of the infrastructural requirements, uh, SCE equipment, and then it just looks like an old industrial yard over there. The way this is laid out, so so I'm I'm not sure why we aren't considering landscape screening on on the parking, on the uh, trash. I mean, there's a lot of landscaping that should go to meet the code for those new proposed improvements, right? I, I don't know why it's being left out. I, I'm gonna share a different, slightly different perspective on that, but I, I agree wholeheartedly that there's a whole lot here that isn't known or described. Um, can I first just say our primary focus is on the eastern side of the parcel. The hammerhead and the fire, that is just identifying the route. We're not actually at this time removing any section or replacing anything. I understand. It's just identifying. But you are putting in the stormwater infiltration tank and trash enclosures and electrical equipment and you're trenching. So you're, you're you know, I imagine there's a lot of work going in this area that's not in the scope of work, or it's outside the limit of the work. And so that's the part I don't understand why, at least the part that's having scope put in there should actually meet with the landscape requirements for sure. And it's gonna have to, to pass my vote next time. I mean, I need to see some landscaping in that parking area. Yeah, and I wanna share a little different perspective on that, but not to say that yeah, I'm completely yeah. divorced from where you're coming from. Um, this is a project. It's a historic property, first of all, right? So the entire thing, we're trying to look at what's, what's being proposed. And um, 
consider all of that. Um, it's also a site plan review, which typically includes the type of things that we're talking about. At the same time, I'm going to share my perspective and my perspective only. I don't want to speak for the other uh, committee members, is that this is a historic site. And while our city, believe it or not, unlike many others who have actually have preservation ordinances, uh, promote parking relief that helps to protect the historiosity of the site. We have projects that come in front of us that don't provide parking because they want a larger building, new building, or landscape because they want a newer building, because they want a new, bigger new building. I'm willing to look at this a little bit differently because it is not only an existing condition, but a historic condition, as long as there's justification and rationale. But it's, I think it's difficult for any of us to um, kind of assess that when there's a big sign that says, don't look up here. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, so that, that's just where I'm coming from, both to the staff and the applicant. And, and, but I'm relieved to hear that it is going to come back as, as one comprehensive package for the parcel. And I'm also relieved to hear that there is a, a phase two that's going to be some more buildings where this parking lot sits now, if you could confirm that that's... We do that not correctly. have any immediate plans on doing anything in that area. Okay. Okay. Any future plans? No, I'm yeah. just kidding. No, <laughs> That's yeah. really it's the question. We, we do not yeah. have any yes. plans. Okay. Not the intention. Okay. Because when I'm hearing no. phase one, it makes me think, well, what else have you got up your sleeve? So, um, <laughs> you know, that, that we're... That's Make gonna him shake him out, and, yeah. That's going to come back in two years or three years and say, oh, now we've got this other piece. So okay. I, I am relieved to hear that, and I couldn't agree with you more. That was one of my comments. I was okay, good, make. good. Um, okay. About the parking. Did you have more? I had I had one other. Go ahead. One one other thing. I am interested to know how what your approach is going to be uh, for public access because the the historic importance of this building with the desegregation of schools is so enormous to me uh, that I know that people there will be people that are going to want to visit this and see it and see the schoolness of it, that this was a school where children first were segregated and then they were not. And, and I want to know, how are you going to accommodate people that have this, have this interest and what are you going to do to show them the history of the school? Uh, yeah, could, could you go to the floor plan page? Yeah, it's an it's a amazing site. Um, in that social aspect. Um, so uh, the existing, oh, oh, sorry, the lobby that you see here, um, that is the area where we're looking to feature an analog and digital platform that will uh, uh, share some of the remnants or history of what, is, what this means to the community. Um, and desegregation in general. We haven't designed the specifics of that yet, but the intent is that that lobby is an area that would um, celebrate the history. It's kind of the first thing you see when you come to the building. I have a question that relates to that. And that's open so, to the public then, or 
during business hours or what's the access? We're, we're still working out the final details. Okay. It will be accessible to the public, um, whether they're scheduled visits, coordinated visits, or it's open from a, spe a specific time frame, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Those doors that then transition into the lobby, but then can't go out to the other okay. section. We're, we're still working out those okay. details. So I'd like to add a follow-up question to that. Um, and go ahead and add a comment at this time. Um, when I was on site, we talked about this. Uh, I did provide a little feedback on it, that where you have the keynote for is the traditional entrance to the school. And that the, f the floor plan, the spatial arrangement of that space is proposed to be changed. Do you have anything that shows the current floor plan? I don't think yeah. that exists in here. Yeah, we, it's in Do we? Oh, gosh, there's so many sheets. I saw it somewhere. I was looking at it. I think it might be the second sheet. In this. It, it might be EG. Yeah, right right here. The, the EG04. There it is. Okay, there it is, right. Um, so the existing, I just want to make sure everyone um, understands this because I'm going to have some comments on this. Um, that this is right now a rather kind of long, narrow, very tall um, space when you walk into it. But the proposal is to take out some walls and bring in some walls that change the configuration of that space, correct? It's essentially the same. This wall right here in the proposed plan is more or less there. And then this entire, this archway will remain um, and this wall, th th these confines are essentially the same, and the boundary of the lobby is essentially the same. No. Well, no, 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 no. we talked about this when we were on site, and that's what I want to make sure okay. I understand this. The rear wall comes very much forward. Oh, oh, you, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You um, have lines yeah, strong there. The sidewall yeah, gets I, 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 blown out. Yep, yep, yep. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, here, the yeah. back of that lobby is all the way up past the double doors that go out to the, to the courtyard. That's the shape of the current lobby. Those lines, I'm not sure what they're representing. Yeah, I don't know either. So I just, I just want to get that on the record that there okay. is a substantial change there, and I'll have some comments about that later. It's a flooring change. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, really quick. Oh. I just wanted to jump in real quick. Go right ahead. Right ahead. Driscoll. I'm the vice president of community relations at Chapman University. I just wanted to address really quickly, Vice Chair McDermott, your question about community access. In addition to what was already mentioned, there are plans uh, for the community to be able to access a conference room that's within the site, and it will be available kind of on a scheduled basis. We're still figuring out the exact details, but in our conversations with different community groups and our neighbors, we know what a community jewel this is, and access is extremely important to us. So I want to assure you that that's definitely in our plan to make sure that we make it as accessible as possible. I, I guess the question, follow-up question I would have to that, though, and it goes back to question asked by the public. Um, I think the heart of the question is access to the history, particularly, well, maybe the architectural history, but also the cultural history. So providing a conference room is providing access to the building and use of the building. But I think really what us and the community are interested in is, is, is there some offering being made of how it expresses the cultural significance of this property? I mean, one of the questions was, will any of the classrooms be restored? Is that one of the 
I mean, is that your thought of the conference room or no? And if you don't have an answer, that's fine too. It's it's we have preliminary. Yeah, the, the, the class that we're intending on keeping the original flooring and maybe some of the perimeter moldings uh, to the best of our ability, but there's been significant damage um, to the interior of the classroom. So uh, our primary focus has been to uh, preserve the uh, historical lobby um, and the apse that's on the northernmost portion of the site. Okay. Um, okay. Which, is, which is labeled as a conference room. Yes. On, so if that were to be the room that you would restore, I mean, there are, there are a lot of features that, um, you know, that, that are of interest as a school, as a school room, um, the, uh, there's, there's moldings and trims and the original, the original slate. I mean, that is yeah. pretty amazing. Um, it's somewhat damaged and graffiti to me, I, I, that doesn't, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> um, but, you know, these, there's an area that where this could be restored to the, you know, the period of significance where you even, you know, put in a few furnishings to give people the idea of when th these children couldn't be together and then when they could be together. And I think that people would be really interested in that. And you have, even though there is a lot of graffiti and, and some things have been removed, I mean, a lot of those floors are in really excellent condition, I think, considering the years of use. Um, I was surprised at, at how much is actually in pretty good condition. Yes, it survived there. the Long Beach earthquake. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of um, built-in cabinetry and, um, you know, accessories and things that are still, that are still there. So um, anyway, that's. I think we can we can talk about that. But thank you, thank you for that information yeah, very much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. well, along those lines, um, when I did have the tour on site last week, there was discussion about some of the flooring, the wood flooring being removed. Is the plan to then reuse that elsewhere in the building? Because I know this um, this little auditorium space. You're planning to raise the floor there. Are you? Are you going to salvage the wood flooring to use in that room, or? Uh, we're, we're preserving the elevations throughout the project site, so with the. Um, no, I'm talking about the floor elevations inside. Yeah, and so yeah, or throughout the existing Killifer building, um, our plan is to uh, preserve the original wood flooring to the best of our ability, particularly in that uh, apse or what we're calling the proposed conference room on the north. Um, where that's not feasible, um, we'll be using uh, a wood flooring of a similar kind with a slightly different orientation um, so it, you can kind of distinguish what's okay. new and existing. I, I thought this building, I mean the room that's shown in the lower left corner um, of this sheet, um, you were taking the flooring out there and I can't remember if that was wood or part of Part of our original study to meet the ADA compliance and the change of elevations was to lower floors. And I think that's what mm -hmm. you may have heard. We are not changing the elevations of the floors. Oh. That was part of the initial study. Um, where there are ramps and transition, trans, <clears throat> excuse me, transitions down through those hallways and corridors in the north and south section, we will be raising that and removing the ramp. So it'll be one straight level that's even with those spaces. Even with the lobby? Even with the lobby, correct. Okay. So where the floor ramps down, 
there's obviously a lower elevation there, so that gets raised up? That gets raised up to the level of the lobby. Okay, okay. This corner. Oh, and, oh, I see where you're speaking. You're speaking yes. at the existing restrooms. Yes, we would be bringing that up to the lobby. Yeah, Great. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Yep. And I don't remember if there was wood flooring in that room or... It's, it's a con concrete. Yeah, concrete, concrete it's and, over wood, the and wood basement. flooring. And um, yeah, okay. we would be meeting the lobby uh, okay. elevation. All right. <clears throat> I'd like to switch gears and go to the exterior. A lot of great comments here. Is there, is, I didn't hear, is the landscape architect here? They're, they're not present today. Okay. Um, if you can keep it on this picture here, there's two trees that flank the rear of the building. Um, this is a unique building. And the, on the rear, it's kind of symmetrical. And the, and the front is different. And in your demo plan, you have these two trees. And I can't tell the species on Google Earth. Is there a reason why you're removing those two trees? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right in the center. Oh, wait. Well, they're not on um, on the proposed plan. They're at the end of those ramps uh, yeah. that encircle the courtyard. If you go to that original page you had it on. Yeah, I think I think that's. Uh, that's part there of the, right here. that's part of the study we need to do with Stop. the um, uh, with the central courtyard. Um, initially, it uh, with the with the grading, it seemed to not work out. And, we, and for the most part, I think we're preserving uh, uh, almost all the trees. I think, with the exception of of uh, I think there's maybe four um, out of the twenty something trees that are there, but. We're going to take a closer look at those two trees in the corner, uh, and we can get back to you at the at the next meeting. Definitely, and I think uh, in looking at the overall landscape, I think it sort of uh, doesn't really represent the era of when this building was done. A lot of the plants that you're suggesting really don't fit that time period. So I would be interested in seeing a, a study of something that fits the Spanish revival, broadleaf, evergreen, uh, unique and. And I think you're proposing a lot of trees. Some of the, in my opinion, um, when you look at this period, a simple plain understory and one or two focal trees is sufficient. Less is more. And that's not just put trees in the front just to put trees in the front. They have to have a purpose, a reason, and the right character and the right, uh, whether deciduous, evergreen, and the right leaf type. Yeah, I, I think we'll look to receive your com uh, maybe formal comments on the tr on the trees to the east. I would say that for the planting in general, um, we've tried to uh, provide a uh, kind of drought tolerant, more sustainable planting than what might have been done um, previously. Uh, it's probably it was probably a little bit more um, uh, water intensive. So our our primary focus was to um, be more sustainable. I think it's a it's kind of a Chapman uh, standard. Mm -hmm. um, and then for the trees in the east, uh, we we have removed as much. I think we, we had a proposal that had a little bit more trees, but the effort is to use that as um, a shading strategy for the windows. Um, uh, so kind of providing um, a little bit more shading in the morning, but not overbearing it to the point where it takes over the facade. So, um, you know. Uh, I think we can study that more when we receive the comments, but it's kind of the general intent. Yeah, and you mentioned irrigation. Um, is this point source irrigation or drip irrigation? I think somewhere in here you put, uh, uh, let me see. If 
efficient landscape irrigation. What does that mean? Yeah, we're we're we're, we're looking at that right now. So we'll uh we'll we can report back. So one thing I would recommend is you look at the species and the water requirements. You have some that require more water than others. Yes. So if you're going with a drought tolerant and you're going with a certain irrigation system, make sure it complies with that. Yes. Uh, I know a lot of talk has also been said about the ramp in the front. Um, and looking preliminary in the grading, it looks like you're chasing grades. So your ramp on the middle is a lot longer than it needs to be. If you were to flip it and you would go on the opposite side on the north, you would have about uh, about a foot less to go, so that would give you a little bit shorter ramp. And typically for us, and I think the code for ADA is you need to have the same beginning and the same end, so it has to return at the same spot. So unfortunately, it may have to be a switchback, which I'm not a very, I'm not fond of. I actually like your design a little bit better, but you may have some issues with that. And then the front uh, elevation of that ramp is I'm very curious what that's going to look like. Um, it, those events were mentioned earlier today. Those are very important. So an elevated ramp with cheek walls. Curious what that material would be. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're going to study the central courtyard. I think we've uh, Chapman has kind of privyed us to some of the comments with regards to the vents in the central courtyard. But our intent on the north, east, and south elevations is to preserve the decorative uh, terracotta vents. Uh, as much as possible, and I think they're visible in the elevations. Um, and then my, my last comment, the historical references have been mentioned in terms of the building. Um, I'm curious to see what we, what you can do in that exterior. Um, there's many ideas. Uh, there's a lot of creative people in the room and, and with your team. I'm curious to see if there's a narrative that you could apply to the landscape that has that significant historical significance. Um, just out of my mind thinking number of trees could represent the year that it was desegregated um, certain types of ground cover that were important or medicinal to the the culture of the area I know we can't bring citrus back um, but just think about that cultural tie-in to this landscape in this special space would really be appreciated yeah oh, thank that's... you and, and he raised a good point about trees from this period and you'll see a lot of camphor trees around town, a lot of them in parkways, and they're doing just fine not getting irrigated at all once they're established. And so that was that was sort of a key um, species that was used throughout the Old Town area. And I'm, I'm going to follow on to the landscape <clears throat> questions. Um, statement, tell me if I'm correct or not, because we have you know, very kind of diagrammatic drawings. What I'm interpreting here is um, a more undulating landscape with meandering sloped pathways to create ADA access and the inclusion of uh, runoff basins, retention basins, and boulders, and a mixture of uh, shrubs, ground cover, and uh, adding a lot of tree, new trees to the site. Would you say that I'm interpreting that correct? Yeah, and I guess the the root of the meandering paths was uh, inspired by cloisters, which I think is kind of remnant of that time period, um, and it's providing these kind of wandering moments, uh, especially these guys are deep in thought, or guys and women are deep in thought, so the thought was that these paths kind of mimic that seclusion and private area for 
thought, but your your statement is uh, accurate. And then I, okay. I, would, I would just say to add to that, um, accessibility access is, uh, incl inclusivity is important to Chapman University. So, you know, we don't want the ADA paths to be, to feel like secondary options. Um, so a, a lot of what you see in the design um, thus far is us creating an equal experience, we feel like, to the, the natural or the exciting historical character of the building. Okay. Um, before we go to comments, I want to see if there were questions asked by the public that... There was a question asked about flagpole, I believe. The, uh, that will remain. The existing flagpole, I believe it's like right uh, here. It's a small dot on the plans. I think on our drawings, uh, we have a mm -hmm. keynote that calls to it, but the intent is that that would stay and, and be uh, utilized. Are we sure it exists? Yes, okay. it is there. Okay. I saw it in one of the photos. I saw it in a photo, but that's an old photo. photo. I don't know. Which oh, it's I, there. Okay, good, good. Okay. Okay, so... Um, Questions I have, um, much of it has been brought up already. Um, doors and windows, both the drawings and the um, HRG response um, does not afford us a lot of detail about the treatments of windows. Um, it says that they're, uh, the majority majority are in shape that are too deteriorated to be saved that um, they'll be re that the, the jams and so forth will be retained but the sashes will be replaced um, but we don't have anything that tells us the extent of that replacement whether it's wholesale are there only going to be two that are going to be saved one of the reasons I'm asking was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the operation of these windows. When we were out on the site, we were questioning, the sash arrangement's very unusual. Oh yeah, we had a specialist come out um, to look at them. He, even he hadn't seen it. He's been working on these type of windows for like 30 years. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty unique. Um, and what we gathered, although we didn't actually get one to function, is it appears that they're louvered windows that all operate together. Uh, you're talking about the windows that are facing the courtyard or the perimeter windows? Because I believe that they're triple hung. The, the, yeah. the windows where you have three sashes stacked. Yeah. yeah. Because we noticed right away that there's no, there's no mullions between the windows. And there's no tracks for hung sliding. There's, there's no, they don't bypass each other. They're all aligned. And what it appears is that they all three open in unison, mm -hmm. which is a very, very distinct uh, type of window that's very unusual. Um, and so for myself, I'm going to, and I have to say, I didn't see too many windows that were beyond repair, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll have some comments about that, but I just kind of wanted to get a little better understanding of where the team is right now. Um, because I think when we raised this, when we were out on site, no one else was aware of this. Um, and if there's true assessment of those windows, I would have hoped that would have been discovered by now. 
the uh, the triple hung or the the triple hung windows. Um, we we just had a specialist come and kind of tell us the general nature of it. it looked like uh -huh. most of the hardware is actually recessed in the right. large window, and I be believe they kind of go up. But, they, but they're aligned, in, in, so hung windows are, not hung. are offset. So hung windows are offset, so they can slide past each other. And these are all aligned. Yeah, they're yes. stacked on. Yes, exactly. And we, and we were looking at where we thought we saw where the pivot hardware was. Mm -hmm. And so we think they pivot. Yeah, Greg was there. We were in Col and Colette. We were sort of yeah. Yeah. troubleshooting it. Going, I think these are stacked awnings that are. Yeah. And, they, and there was only one. And I don't even think there was a crank. It was just a push out. You push them out. And we yeah. thought maybe they all went because they all seem to have some linking yes. hardware. Yeah, we haven't seen them. Uh, like operate because uh, most of the hardware has been removed where the kind of levers have been removed. Um, I but um, I don't think there were levers is the point. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll cover yeah. it in yeah, my yeah. comments. Anyway, I, I think okay. the question yeah. is answered. Then, for example, where we don't get into detail, again, I think what would be the most, well, obviously we've, we've discussed, if we could go back to the cover of the, um, presentation clearly the uh, nope not that one sorry the other presentation and it's okay if uh, what I'm looking for is this deep there yeah, we go that these doors um, I, I think obviously these are uh, very heavily detailed display craftsmanship special craftsmanship that we're all going to be interested in seeing these restored um, they almost have a Chapman-esque logo in them um, to begin with. So here's destiny coming <laughs> together, really. correct. Um, so uh, those are not, the, so, you know, maybe those are the most important doors. But if we look at some other important doors, it's the doors on the front of the building to the left. Um, the project, again, because we don't have call-outs, it shows that as a single light wood sash door. But if we go to the historic photo, it's a multi-light wood sash door. So I guess my question is, what is the approach? Is it to restore windows, doors and windows where possible? Is it to create new throughout that is differentiated from the old? Or is it too early to say there's an approach? Because we don't, we don't have that kind of information provided to us yet. Yeah, ge generally speaking, um, accessibility and egress uh, are important factors in determining the use of the doors. Uh, where we have the wood grills, we would be looking to preserve them. And then for the windows, we're looking to preserve the larger frame to the best of its um, ability. Um, from the interior, there's significant damage to the glass. So we'll be looking to just replace sashes or glass as needed. Windows, we're looking to preserve to the best of our ability. Um, and the doors will preserve with the combination of egress in mind. That's the general strategy. Okay. I'm, and, I don't uh, think that's getting the answer that I need to your question, which I think well, is a good I'll have question. a comment response to it. But if but, you have another question no, I'm, I'm on trying the same to ask, subject, go I, ahead. No, I think that the, to reiterate your concern, if I hopefully got it right, is the approach to say we're taking out these old ones because they don't 
function. They don't right. have 36 right. inch doors. I mean, you know, whatever reason they need to be replaced and you're replacing with something different to say this is not fake history. Yeah. I mean, is that the approach? Because like on the drawing, you're, you've drawn a single light French door in the location where this is, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think so. You got it on the cover of your presentation, but actually, it's gone and being replaced by a single light French right. door. It looks like a three foot door. So yeah, that, that, we're trying to figure out what's the strategy. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be ignored? And so, why is it so prominent in your presentation if it's going to be ignored? So. Yeah, un understood. Uh, I think there's kind of a, a graphical issue with the doors, but we on the plans, I believe there's keynotes for our strategy for where to keep it and where to remove it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we'll, we'll field and take in any sure. questions sure. and okay. adjust accordingly. Okay. And then, uh, for example, again, up above this entry arch, um, there's obviously damage to the piers. There's damage to the cornice. Um, some type of railing is missing, I presume, I, though I, I don't know if we have documentation to, to support 100%, but I, I presume the, the same railing is missing. And the HRG report discusses its uh, treatment, but your drawings don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're still looking into that particular area. Okay. Um, okay. Um, Could we go back to the doors for a minute? Yeah, please? I'm going to go back to the doors first. <laughs> if we could get the uh, interior, uh, I'm sorry, the exterior elevation that shows the rear stage proscenium. If I understand correctly, there's some doors to the south, southern center south, let's call it. And that that ramp that exists, I understand, does not meet current uh, ramp slope, and it's going to be changed. And that the, yeah, if we could zero, zoom, zero, zoom in on that top elevation, except this doesn't show the condition. Mm -mm. Is there another drawing? I thought there was. That shows the ramping. Uh, is there a sectional like view? This is the after photo. This is proposed. Yeah, but well, they're, not, they're not leveling it all up. They're keeping the ramp. They're just making it more of a longer right. ramp to meet ADA, but it's not right. reflected. Right. In the but that completely. door, what I'm seeing in the floor plan, and I'm talking about the door to the right of the proscenium. If that floor changes, uh, and that is taken over by full width ramp, that door will float in that wall. It will not, the threshold will not be at floor height. Is that correct? The door that's in the... Uh, to the right of the proscenium, behind uh, the post. Yes. Um, the, the intention there is uh, that, um, uh, well, it, with the ramp, I guess it, the, the, the door would be manipulated. Um, Actually, there, I think there is a ramp currently in right. this location, right. but we would need to modify um, the, the door, so there's obviously not a, a larger gap there. No. You're, um, you're, 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 collect, you're talking about, you're talking about these two doors right here? Well, that are, uh, if, you, if you could see the, right. the points what, right here. What I'm getting at is what I'm understanding is this ramp needs to be extended 
And now you've got a ramp, a door in the middle of a sloping ramp, which you can't do. Mm -hmm. But if this thing gets extended, it also drops the ramp below the threshold. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we're going to have a door floating in the wall with the raised threshold above floor plane. That, that's what I'm understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. is happening. Yeah. Uh, well, those doors are going to be sealed and not yeah. used anymore. No, I understand that. But yeah. the threshold is not going to be at the floor. It's going to be on the wall. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, windows for the new building. Um, there has been comment about how they're paying homage to the wood windows of the historic building. Um, obviously, the configuration scale and so on and so forth is quite different. Um, maybe it's from the renderings that I get the impression that these would be a clear wood finish rather than paint. Is there thoughts on that? Is it important to... Sometimes architects care about these kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Is there a thought um, what the finish of those windows would be? Yeah, we're, we're studying it, um, but the intent is that it's a wood finish that... A clear wood that, finish. That doesn't require any additional painting. Okay. That, that needs to be further reviewed and studied. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll have comments in regard to how much of an homage that is. Um, you're welcome to comment on it now if you want or just wait for the feedback it's primarily in the in the height and the width of the like where the three lights are um so like this module um if you could see the screen here that i'm pointing at like that oh. module um you always you know, regret sitting in the front row at the theater <laughs> kind of uh is is intended to match this module um that's that's the that's the primary um homage proportionality uh, yeah proportionality we should say and we're you know we're still looking into it closer okay. but that's the general okay that's model. helpful to understand right. Patty, that, that fair. and then lastly um, I'd like to hear from someone on the team I have a sense of who it might be um, about outreach component this um, is is one of the few properties in our city that not only has architectural significance but I think as far as many of us feel a tremendous cultural importance and I think it's fantastic that we have another educational facility taking this and using it so that the use is more close and doesn't require as much change as some of the other proposals we've seen. Chapman University owns the Cypress Street Schoolhouse and now owns this. The two of them tell a very important story. Um, there are also residents, nearby residents, that this has a profound meaning to them that we don't even understand. Um, I hope we've done some outreach. And is there anything you can share about how that's influenced the project? 
Absolutely. So we've had some really great uh, outreach with both the Old Town Preservation Association, which you know we have a few folks here tonight, as well as the Orange Barrio Historical Society. We actually met in the Cypress Street Schoolhouse and were able to share our plans, and it was really well received. We had some great feedback about um, how to possibly um, work with OUSD and different community groups to actually work with our faculty and see if there's some way we can collaborate and really open it up to the community even more. So that's, those sessions were really, really fantastic for us. Um, additionally, we did some outreach to the residents who are immediately adjacent to the building mm -hmm. um, and asked to share our plans. We haven't uh, received feedback from them yet, but it's, okay. we're hoping to definitely meet individually, either walking them through the site or presenting the plans as they are. Okay. So it's been a really important part of this project. Okay. Okay. Excuse um, me. That would include the um, the new building and what that looks like that correct. you're sharing with the neighbors. Okay. Correct. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Um, and I should say that I think Chapman has, for the most part, um, particularly of late, been good stewards of the historic resources that they own. But this is, of course, a, a a pretty significant legacy to to own, I think, um, and so I, for myself, I'd like to hear how that cultural significance is being embraced as much as as everything else. Um, so, okay, thank you, thank you. Absolutely, thank you, Mr. Chair. I had some more questions. <clears throat> Go ahead. Um, the first one is for staff and possibly also the representative from HRG. Um, so there's a historic building code, and I see a lot of the um, uh, hardscape um, around the courtyard on the on the west side of the building um, being removed and replaced or altered in some way. Um, I know they're trying to adhere to they're doing this in order to adhere to H to ADA requirements. Um, is there anything in the historic building code that might allow them to um, deviate. deviate from what ADA would normally require? Uh, so from a staff perspective, we consulted with our building official, and um, of course the bottom line is ADA has to be um, met on the site and um, how that's achieved. You know, obviously the city, you know, we're not gonna tell the applicant this is how to achieve it, but you know, they did relay that they are willing and open to creative ways to achieve that. Um, whether that be to preserve the ramps as is or a, a different um, design, you know, that's something our building official and our building team is, is open to. So there's really not one solution to provide ADA access, but, um, you know, whether it's to preserve the existing conditions or provide an alternate route, you know, okay. um, the bottom line is it has to be achieved some way. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I had a feeling that was the answer, but I, I wanted to ask nonetheless. Um, <clears throat> if we could hear from the design team a little bit about what your thinking was behind um, the site plan, particularly the siting of the new lab building. So it made sense to, since the other two ancillary buildings were not of historic import, that they could be cleared away and we could replace that square footage in a two-story building. Um, 
and it seemed that the greatest amount of space was at the northern end of the site. We wanted to have it pushed back from the street edge on Olive Side, and so that is why, in you know, out of respect to have that apse be preserved from view when you're on Olive Street, that's where we lined it up. Yeah, and the other two anchors that we have is the central courtyard and the south courtyard. So the south courtyard has that beautiful oak tree. Um, so uh, essentially the program there is looking to preserve that. Um, and then the central courtyard, we're looking to keep the lawn as it was intended mm -hmm. um, with the pathways being as close to the building as possible so that you have as the maximum amount of space and um, Okay. I'd like to sure. further that question. Upper left-hand corner, if we could zoom in, the scale of the drawings we have, it's very difficult as well as the ambiguity of what's a part of this project. So I'm going to say the block that's in the corner and then the block that's next to it where we see, I'm not sure what this is, 2204, 2203, 3204. That is all open space that's part of the development that will not provide parking. Is that correct? Accommodate parking? Or as I see now, 34, 33, 35, there's maybe four parking spaces there and a driveway with a apron, I believe Greg mentioned to us when we were out there last time. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Um, so some of it is drive. A little bit is parking. What's happening in the second block? 2204, 2203. What, what is this space? Um, this is just uh, essentially a continuation of the uh, asphalt. Um, and it's primarily housing the uh, our infiltration basin. Okay. So let me pose a question, which I realize... Might, pro might cause circulation problems, might cause parking problems. Was there any consideration to placing this building over there? <laughs> and maybe some of these mechanical and other B side of the building pieces could kind of live where the building is and uh, have we, less of a presence? Did you want to? We were directed by the client to, by Chapman, to not go beyond the line, <laughs> the line that divides the site. To get all the program in, we had to cantilever the upper floor of it so that, although on the ground floor, it doesn't go beyond that um, okay. boundary line. And then the other elements are, they're not building, they're less massive, so it seemed to be less. But you let the client convince you that they're right. Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> Well, it, for the utility yards, uh, a lot of the primary electrical service is coming from this direction. Um, so the closer we were to there, um, the, the better. Um, and we just wanted to keep all of the utility stuff away from the beautiful historic Killifer building. We feel like the... I, I, would, I would agree with you so long as it doesn't crowd the historic building. So we'll have some comments for you later yes. on that. Yeah. But I appreciate your explanation. I do. I can understand the thought behind it. Yeah. So my next question had to do with, um, and I apologize because I got the some of the materials late and I haven't made it through all the 
especially the cultural resources assessment, is there an inventory of all the building openings that are proposed to change, those things that are being closed up, opened up, modified, doorways, windows? Yeah, so um, I, I, I think I've heard a version of this question a couple of times, so I think in the resubmittal we can provide that assessment. Okay. This, this project is being done in Revit, so it would be fairly quickly for us to okay, uh, thank you. come up with that assessment. And then likewise an inventory of um, doors and windows that are being repaired yeah. versus replaced. Um, how, what is the plan to seal off the basement? Is it something that can be reversed sometime in the future? Could you talk a little bit about that? So currently with the build-out of the interior, that is going to be permanently eliminated. The staircase to the exterior will be sealed off. Um, we're still developing whether they're going to meaning, be great. Meaning the, the wall will no longer have openings or the, and the stairs, are, stairs will be removed? What does that mean, that it's going to be, the stairs will be sealed Other, off? Yeah. The, the interior stairs, they... the floor extends in the optics lab over that staircase. Okay. So they will be basically covered up. Okay. Um, there's not a plan to go in and take the stairs out. Okay. Um, but it's basically sealing it up. And then the exterior on the, on the south side, um, the hardware will be restored on the perimeter, the handrail and all of that. And then we're still identifying whether we're going to put grates over the top Okay. prevent anything, or we're just going to seal up all of the doors and all of the openings. Okay. May need a sump pump if you just have a grate. <laughs> um, okay, that's good to know. Um, and then while we're, you mentioned that railing, that might be a good cue for the railing that needs to be put elsewhere um, for the historic building if you're looking for um, a design <laughs> cue. Um, <coughs> so I think one of my colleagues asked, um, there's a number of uh, character-defining features that are well-documented, particularly in photos, um, but you're not planning on, on restoring any of those um, back to this building. The, the tile roof, the decorative tile at the entryway, um, the copper railing on the tower, on the cupola. Uh, yeah, I, I think our intent is to preserve as much of the uh, extor uh, exterior character-defining elements as possible, or yeah, preserved to so keep it at the state that it currently is in. Okay. Um, the the tile that's in the entryway is not there, so um, we're generally looking to keep it as okay. is. But I think we're still studying um, a couple of those. Okay. Um, and then I know the the whole uh, west part of the parcel is to be determined to to come back to us still. But is the idea that the fencing would continue around the perimeter, or would it? The perimeter of the parcel, or would it be, would the parking lot be open and not fenced? Do you have any ideas yet on what that that's going to look like? So the, the, the fencing on the north side of the parcel and the south side of the parcel will remain. The fencing on the west side, on the lemon side, the chain link will come down and it will be open with a planting buffer that okay. is along the sidewalk edge. Okay. But if, you, if you've got fencing on the Olive Street side, I'm assuming you're going to have some fencing on the um, on the west side of the building also. We are not putting Between fencing. the lot, between the parking lot and the building? No. Between the parking lot and the sidewalk? No. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> and 
And then, this is a minor thing, but on sheet C1.31, it's the grading plan. Uh, maybe staff could bring that up. So there's a heavy dashed line that's showing the limits of the project, I believe it is. It's, it's, uh, C1, it's down from uh, bottom, farther down from this sheet. Right, could be this one here. Keep going. Let's see. It's another solve. One more. There it is. Okay. So next to the sidewalk in the lower right corner, there's a the heavy dashed line around a, a rectangle there. What what is that? That was a previous driveway, I believe. Yes. Oh, it is. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Where? A previous driveway, where? apron. Oh, oh, in the lower right hand. Yeah. Lower right okay. hand corner. Uh, with the heavy dash line around it. Yeah, I see. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me see if that was all my questions. Yeah, I have comments, but uh, that was it for okay. my questions. Okay. Yeah, Thank I'm you. I'm ready to move to comments. I believe. Oh, one last question, and I'm so sorry. I'm getting old. I'm so sorry if I've asked this and it was answered, and I've completely forgotten already. Uh, there was a question from the public about naming of the building and if there was any intention to change the historic building or what Chapman's plans were for that. I am not aware of the plan for any renaming. Um, that will be a, an answer for Colette. Okay. A response, okay. but okay. noted. So as long as she returns at some point. No, she's, she's coming will back. I, oh, she's coming back. Okay, okay. Okay, good. Fair enough. Okay, I'm ready to go to comments. If thank, thank you, guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you for everyone for your input. Um, everyone's done with questions, right? Okay. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and follow up with my comments. Um, I want to first revisit what I said that I can't be more excited that um, Chapman, who's um, I moved to town when Chapman wasn't always thought of as being the best stewards of our mm -hmm. historic resources. I'm going to be honest about that. Um, and we saw quite a significant change since those times. So I couldn't be happier that um, Chapman now owns the second piece to this desegregation legacy um, in the city, and I know that this is a big investment to um, rehabilitate this building and bring it new life. And it's, it is interesting and exciting that a new life keeps this building relevant and moves it on. Um, so I do want to applaud you for that. And I also want to acknowledge that um, I certainly understand that this is a preliminary um, package that's come to us. There's decisions still to be made. Um, if the decisions were all made, it wouldn't be very preliminary. So I, I get that. Um, so I, I will give comments in terms of, you know, mid-project um, things that, that, that I will want to see when it comes back to us and things, those things which I think are important. Um, I'm going to start at the place I was taught to start in school, and that's at the street. Because um, that's, that's where we first interact with the building is the street. 
when we go out to the site, and, and this is one of the few pieces of feedback that I provided when I did the tour, um, right now we have the remnants of, and it's been alluded to in comments provided so far, we have the remnants of a couldn't be more typical schoolyard, open lawn turf, uh, few specimen trees, foundation plantings, flagpole, sidewalks, done. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's both formal and informal at the same time, probably remnants of the City Beautiful movement, but this was the typical landscape we expect for this era of school. I am, I'm not sure what to say my response is to this proposal. It's a radical change to what is there now. Um, and for me, if this is, I, I, I don't have a, really a good understanding of what's behind it, I guess. I, I heard a little bit about wanting the experience to be equal um, using these walkways as using the steps. And um, I understand that fully, um, but I'm not sure this is the way to do that. Um, more importantly, I am very, very disturbed by the change in the ground plane, which seems incredibly out of place with this building type, this era, and what remains of the historic landscape. Um, the introduction of all of this kind of garden planting with boulders and retention swales, um, unless there's a really big reason to sell this to me, and I'm not hearing that yet, uh, that would truly be a non-starter for me. So um, then we go to the back of the building. Um, what was traditionally, again, a flat turf area with trees planted more formally than informally, I would say, um, as an assembly space. It's an outdoor space um, that is already, I, I was kind of interested with this discussion of the cloister because there's already a built-in cloister there's walk. A cloister already in there. Yeah. Um, so I think it becomes redundant and um, kind of detracts from the historic building. So I just, I wish I had better response to the landscape, but I just want to make it real clear. This is an issue that I'm really going to take exception to um, because I think that this is off to the wrong start. Uh, the overall approach for the building I'm quite supportive of. I think that similar to the ramps or sloped walkways of the landscape, This building already includes a bunch of ramps built into it to deal with the change elevations and so forth. And I realize that they're, they don't meet current code. But it also sounds that our, our city is willing um, to look at reasonable alternatives um, so long as they, they provide ADA access. Um, I can't understand why we would take 
ramps and turn them into stairs to then go build new ramps somewhere else rather than just modifying that ramp to work. And the comment was already made about starting at one place with the ramp and ending up in another. I'm, um, I think that needs to be rethought. Um, we've also got stairs that are being removed simply because they don't have a handrail, if I, I read the drawings correctly, um, which I guess maybe, yeah, I guess they would be redundant because they'd be covered by dirt now. So I just, you know, typically when we solve these problems, we solve them with the few moves as possible, and it seems like we're trying to check boxes, but we're going all the way around um, past go again to get back to, to do those. So as you can tell, I'm struggling with the elevations, the way we're addressing the elevations, and then the kind of approach to the landscape. So go back to the building. I am very supportive of most of the, the things that you're doing. As I expressed when I was out there, I do think some, I would encourage you to rethink such significant modifications to the entry hall. Um, as was stated by someone from the public, it was the most public part of the building. Um, and this nomination did include um, significant um, character-defining features of the interior. So I'm a little disappointed that we're not hearing a little more kind of response to those rather than it needs changed um, to meet a program, especially if that program is to discuss the historic significance of the site. There just seems something um, very ironic about that move. So um, I would need to see that um, either thought out or explained to me in a more rational way. Um, as I mentioned, I'm not as concerned about the parking, however, uh, so long as by the time this comes back to us as an approval that we understand what we're approving. Um, when, when we hear that there's going to be a future change, but it's not a part of the project, that starts to kind of run akin to um, segmenting projects, and especially with a historic project, that becomes a little delicate. The new building... Um, I'll be honest, OTPA tipped me off quite some time ago. There's a modern building coming. Um, I said, well, my response to that was, well, I'll reserve judgment until I see it because I do believe, um, although we don't do this often in orange, I do believe that if there is a special enough circumstance, um, I can be convinced that that's okay. Um, so I've looked at it. Um, I agree that there's some questions about the successfulness of this um, raked plaster, but um, what I'm hearing is it has been done on other buildings. I, I, I think it's a very complex thing to carry out with the forms that you have, but if you're, you're saying you've done it before and um, you mastered that, I, I can be convinced of that. But I'm having a little trouble both here but other places in the project where we talk about homage to um, the terracotta, I like the use of the terracotta at the ground floor, um, but I feel that it is so foreign to any terracotta on the first building, at least the way it's presented right now, I'm, I'm not sure that we can say it's homage. 
Um, the tiny little portion of the roof that is sloped, um, I'm not sure that really provides any homage to anything. I like the notion that this building is kneeling down a little bit as it approaches the, the Killifer School. I think that's really an interesting um, concept. But there's still a big toe that's really close to this building, really close. Uh, it's less than, could we zoom in there? Yeah, there's a dimension. Seven feet, 11 inches. Yeah, it's not even eight feet of separation. Seven, four. Seven, four. Five feet to the stairs, I'm hearing. Uh, you know, we have residential projects of kind of less difference between yeah. the accessory building and the historic house that we've really pushed back on this kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's, it sounds like this is a client directive, so I'm talking, I guess, more to the client than the designer that I, I'm struggling with that. that um, boy, that's tight. That is really tight. And when I see that there is quite a lot of other site space here, if we zoom out just a bit, um, as I started to allude to earlier, I get the kind of convenience and in some cases necessity of placing these utilities close to their source, but at the expense of keeping the building crammed so close to the historic building, I, I don't know that I can support that. So I'd like to see that um, studied a little bit more. I'm interested to hear what um, my colleagues have to say about the new building. Again, I'm open to entertaining a new, more modern building on this site. I'm not sure about the stair. On the north side, uh, I understand some emergency only, so maybe that makes sense. And this requires a conditional use permit, correct? Correct. So, so we as a city could condition that that remains that way, and that Chapman would come back to us if that were to change. You correct. Can, I threw pulled that out of nowhere. You can you can think about it and get back to me if you want, but. Um, the only thing I would say is that we, I think we'd we want to make sure that we commit, to, that there's a commitment to that. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, we've got windows that overlook into single-family residential next door, and we've always been very consistent about preventing that. So if there is glazing there, it needs to be of a different orientation, location, glazing material that doesn't provide, doesn't present impacts into that single-family residence. So I would want to see nothing less on this. Um, the removal of all the existing handrails rather than any kind of approach to modify, supplement. Um, I just kind of feel that in general, there's a lot of unnecessary change that's being proposed to this building. Um, that has to come at additional cost, and I'm not sure that the benefit outweighs the amount of change of a historic building. So that's kind of my general concern for it. Um, and then I hope that when this comes back to us, 
there is a real, that Chapman's able to give us a real meaningful conversation about not only the architecture and how it's being dealt with with the new program, but how the cultural significance of this building is guiding in the decision making. Um, because I think that significance should be given some attention here too. So with that, I'll turn it over to whoever, um, whoever has their mic on is ready to go. Are you ready to go? You got your mic on. I'm, I'm okay, I'm ready to go. Go. Okay, um, thank you, Robert, because I agree with a lot of what you said, so I'm not gonna repeat a lot of it, but um, just additional things or exceptions, you know, to what you were talking. Um, so um, I think that I'm, I'm lauding you for restoring this, not restoring, but rehabbing this building. And I think it's remarkable that it can still stay an educational purpose. And it's, I think Colette was even talking, Colette and Greg were talking about the bringing in the kids that the physicists were actually so excited to bring in school kids to come in and inspire them to be, you know, scientists and, you know, and then to see the school. So I was very, very excited about that. And so I think there is going to be a, a good concerted effort for community engagement in, in the school and the program there. Um, um, okay, so, so I think in general, the preservation of the building has a lot of good things started on it. I agree. Um, I'm going to talk about site planning and courtyard kind of things along with site, but in the building... If you, when you come back, I'm going to need to see more information about the character defining doors and windows. You know these guys, and and what what's being preserved and and what isn't and why it isn't. But um, so you need their treatment, and not necessarily that you have to say, for instance, restore the function of those awning windows. But I would hate to see them removed because they're they seem old or they seem um, some of the parts of them are are decrepit. I think it's fine if they remain inoperable, but I would hate to just back off. They're, they are really unusual windows. And so to just at least keep them there and so that they can be there for some future, like, interest in multiple opening awning window. I mean, I, I, I just hate, would hate to see them lost. Um, and the same with the door panels here. So if there's... I know you guys have done other things where maybe you've taken a door like that that can't work in its place, but you've maybe fixed it in the open position or something so that, and you can put another door behind it, you know, and then it's sort of used as a screen or, yeah, I don't know, if there's some way to still maintain that. Also, I'm going to need to see more information on the handrails and guardrails, um, and I like what um, my colleague, Ms. Skorpanich, had mentioned about the taking cues from historic railings in your photographic evidence maybe to inspire the, the shape or something, of, you know, the handrails that you're going to use and not necessarily take them from the new building, but, you know, take the reference from the historic building and historic evidence, I mean, the photographic evidence. Um, I, I think on site planning, I agree with Robert on his Olive Street landscape um, issues. Um, and I do recall a comment when we did the field um, visit was the reason for the ramp being on this side is because that's the direction that most um, users are going to come from. If not the parking lot, they're going to be coming from that end of town, not because northern north of here, the street sort of stops and turns. And, you know, so there's less 
actual foot traffic probably coming from that direction. So I understand that. I, I think the form of it is too meandering to, I, I think, I think my, my thought on this and also in the courtyard is that they're very formal spaces and that they need more formal treatment to the forms that are being introduced. And so, so if I move to the courtyard, like for instance, if the, I also feel strongly that the ramps that are there need to stay, that's such a big part of the school house experiences, all the kids running out to play at recess. I'm imagining that's the direction they were going. Um, and so, you know, 30 little six-year-olds, you know, running down the ramp um, stairs was, wouldn't have been practical for them. And, and it, yeah, it doesn't meet ADA. They don't have to, as long as there is another ramp that does meet that requirement to get up. These, these don't have to change to stairs. And I think it's, it's such a, a vision of school, old school house kind of um, iconography. I, I, I would just like to see that retained. But with regards to the meandering path, um, I think it, the informality of the form is the problem for me. And I, if it was more of a formal shape, like just a one sweeping thing, and then maybe it does raise in the landscape. And this might work in the front too. You know, if it's one sweeping gesture and it raises in the landscape and it meets that need, but that you don't undulate the whole landscape and make this thing. Because the, what was happening in there was this was like the playground. And I think the um, proscenium. Assembly space. Yeah, it was, it was like an assembly space. There's a stage there. <laughs> and to be able to maintain that relationship of yard to stage is such a, a gift in this building, and I and I'd hate to just like obliterate it with too much, too many trees or too many um, um, berms or you know whatever is needed. I mean I understand, and and Colette and Greg really talked about that nice easy ramp, uh, not a ramp, but a sloping walk, so it doesn't feel like a ramp. But I I, I think a more sweeping gesture, and not. So much switchbacky um, treatment would be good, and 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 when you come back, you definitely need to resolve the elevation changes in the north courtyard. That one, um, there was actually a, a rear elevation that I was seeing later after I'd made that comment, where you saw the difference in elevation and it wasn't handled. And I, so this looks like it's all so flat, you know, but maybe those pads are floating at different elevations. I'm not really sure, but but anyway, so so I'd like to see more like spot elevations or something um, in the site planning. Um, but I think the general gist is that courtyard needs to maintain its sort of formality and not, and it's, it's, it's very symmetrical and formal and, and to not um, downplay that um, importance, that hierarchy. It's a hierarchically important space. And the side um, uh, courtyards, that are more meditative. I, I think they're, the treatment is really good. I, I mean, as far as like how the quality and how they feel and how planted they are and, and maintaining the oak tree, you know, of course you have to, but of course it's great that you do because it's such a great tree. Um, okay, so when I get up to the building and this and the, the lens, the hardscape treatment in the parking lot, I am completely not buying into, if that's outside our scope of work, therefore we aren't putting any landscaping in because you are clearly doing a lot of work in that area. So I think it absolutely needs to have landscape treatment. We have 
we have a code that requires our trash enclosure to have landscaping around it. And so those things just, they just have to be done. I mean, I'm gonna say that it's gonna be a condition of approval if it's not already on there by when next time you come back. Um, and the, the new building, okay, so the new building, I can respect the building on its own, on its own merits as an architectural piece of very quality, especially with, I know the treatment that Chapman and even this architect would give to this kind of building as far as detailing and, and um, the quality materials. Um, I, but I, I don't think it is addressing its context. And I just, I, I'm not seeing that um, I mean, there's some lip service paid to it. I think there's some words that are thrown at, but, uh, but when you look at the building, it's not addressing the context, and especially the north side with relationships to a whole neighborhood of one-story houses, and uh, this open stair that's 14 feet, I think the floor is 14 feet above, which is probably almost higher than the roof of the house next door. So I would say... That's a real problem for me. Even if there's some kind of screen wall, I think you're still within the setback. If it, there was a, an additional screen wall there that would, would make it so that people walking down the stairs aren't just staring. I know there's a hedge of, is it cypress, cypress there? Yeah, some yeah. vertical Italian cypress. But they don't live forever. And, and, <laughs> and then you have this stair that's just literally looming over the backyard of the neighbors. And I find that just really inappropriately placed. And if it's got to be there, I just feel as though no one thought of it. The way I look at this floor plan is like no one cared about that relationship. And now after the fact, you try it. Oh, well, there's going to be a podocarpus hedge. There already is one. But it, it's, um, um, I just feel as though it's very much feels like the back of a an old movie theater or something. <laughs> it's just kind of doesn't have. Um, so, so I think screening that stair at the very minimum, if you can't enclose it, and um, also the the treatment. Just looking at the facade on Olive Street, um, I feel like that little bow to the historic building, very nice. Zero attention paid to the transition to the one story entire neighborhood, you know, that's north of that. So I, I'm, I'm not buying this um, particular building. I agree with modernity being okay, and it's a science building, and why not be cutting edge in its um, using use of technology to build it? I mean, I think that's fine. Um, I was a little perplexed about the cantilever in the back. It does very much feel like a program-driven cantilever and not, I don't think it's um, aesthetically like the best feature of the building. And some might differ, um, might not agree with that, but I'm, I'm not convinced. Sometimes that cantilevers can be successful depending on what is like happening underneath it in here, but there's really no like interesting window treatment or, you know, anything to kind of make that cantilever make sense. Like a cantilever to the west makes sense with sunset, you know, and trying to shade something there but there's nothing there to shade so it's it's just if it's and, and then when the discussion of it came up it was just literally because your your limit of um limit of work or scope of limit of the scope of the work was arbitrarily placed at this line and then the building had to cantilever in order to meet its program so that to me is not justification for such a 
uh, form that is extremely strong visual impact in a neighborhood of little bungalows. I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing that. Um, so I know that you've put a lot into the development of this, and I'm, I'm fine with the aesthetic treatment of sort of the canted planes, you know, coming into the windows, and I think that is all very, very dynamic and interesting, but I just think that treatment on, on the edges that don't have that are actually the ones I probably have the most problem with. Um, and maybe if there was some plant planting plan in this in this parking lot that actually helped to make sense of this cantilever or if yeah but it's not it's just a sea of asphalt so I'm just I, I'm not there on that part so I think that still needs a, a lot of work um, the height about going taller so it's already taller the lower option is already taller than the historic property or building. Normally, we want to see build, um, see the um, secondary structures on a historic site that has a historic property, that the secondary structure should be subordinate to the historic prop, uh, building. And so even at 32 feet, you're six inches higher as far as what I could understand in some of the other... It's not clear on all these, but there was one where they said existing height of cupola is 31.5 or something. And then you're going for 32, and then you're actually asking maybe for 35 um, as the other option. Um, but there's a problem. I mean, you're, so this doesn't show that it's taller than the cupola but there was another diagram where it said the cupola was well so if you go down one yeah there we go there we go ryan if you go up a little the cupola is at 31 foot five and one eighth inch tall and then the um the building who wants to be 35 feet in order to screen the equipment is going to be way too massive especially next to the one-story structure to the north. So um, I would be not inclined to go in that direction. I would be actually more favorable to some secondary roof system that screens in a more localized level the mechanical equipment um, that's not necessarily just raising the parapet around the entire building for these few units, mm -hmm. that maybe there's another layer that could come in and do the screening that is required by our code. Um, so, yeah, so, boy, I don't remember seeing them stick up like that in our diagrams. Did we see them then? Do we have this drawn? <laughs> I don't think we could see them. Yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, and, and it could be that by doing some of the studies, like from, you can do sightline studies from sidewalk, you know, draw lines, and you, you can see that you might not need the taller parapet to screen them. I mean, when you look in elevation, it always is the case <laughs> that you'll see them. But in reality, when you're standing on Lemon Street or Olive Street, you might not see it. You know, so I would do some of those sightline studies to really dial in um, 
that, but I, I would I would be more in favor of a localized something to screen those center units that look like they're popping up really tall. Um, that isn't just raising the entire rim of the building because I, I still think you even need to mitigate more than you have for me adjacent to the one-story houses. So that's my comments on on that. I think that's all I. God, there were so many things said. Camphor trees, love them. So, so I'm sure I'll agree with some of the other comments people have. So thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I did mention during the site visit that I was really pleased that um, this building was being restored and um, that someone was going to um, take the care it needs um, to see it into the future. And so I do applaud you for that. What I did see um, when I was at the site visit is um, a building, you know, that's of its age, that's going to need plumbing, mechanical, electrical. I, I get all of that, um, those systems that need to be updated. Um, there's vandalism, um, but that's mostly in the form of um, broken glass and graffiti. There are some... Um, pieces of railing around the cupola that are missing. But other than that, I mean, the building looks remarkably solid and in good shape. The exterior plaster looks um, impeccably good for its age. Um, so I was really impressed with that. Because this is on the National Register, and because it's both a rare example of this Spanish colonial revival school and its social history, as such I would expect that no historic materials would be removed or replaced unless absolutely necessary. So not a matter of practicality. I just want to kind of put that out there as an expectation. Um, what I was hearing was, we're going to save it where we can. Um, um, you know, to, to go through great lengths to save every bit of historic material. And I did ask, <clears throat> and didn't get a definitive answer, at the primary entry um, on Olive Street, the steps are damaged, and I understand that that landing needs to come out. But um, inside the archway and entry, there's a hexagonal tile there that looks like it's in extremely good condition. That I would expect to be preserved. Um, those wood windows, I heard a lot about maybe sashes would be replaced. If they could, sashes can be repaired and just the glass replaced, that, that would be the expectation for... Um, for historic buildings generally um, in orange, but particularly this one. Um, I would agree with a lot of what's been said, and I'll, I'll try to be rather brief. Um, my other takeaway from the tour was that a lot of things are being changed that may not need to be changed, and the, um, the courtyard um, ramps that come down toward the parking lot to be replaced with steps, that, that just seemed unnecessary to me. Um, it's disappointing to me that 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 entire walkway on surrounding the three sides of the courtway is proposed to be removed. Um, I would agree that the ground plane changes um, seem unnecessary. And in fact, when I was looking at the grading plan, I noticed that the natural slope of the land runs from north to south and from east to west. So it was curious to see that a lot of the water quality features are being placed 
at the high end of the property rather than at the low end where you'd naturally take advantage of gravity um, um, <clears throat> to let let water flow downhill into those those various features so they would be ideally suited for the um, the um, now I'm getting disoriented <laughs> the south, southwest. southwest corner of the of the property um, also in terms of the site plan um, this building, although it's technically not taller than the cupola, is significantly taller than the main ridgeline and the greater mass of the historic building. And it is so close that it's, it's in my mind, completely inappropriate to have it located there. The fact that it's a modern design, I don't have a problem with. The fact that it's so large and looms over the historic building um, and is so close between the massing and the height um, the, and, and the um, proximity, it seems inappropriate to me. Um, without having to completely you know, tell you to go back and redesign your project from the ground up, I, I don't want to have to tell you that. But I think the new lab building could move over toward Lemon Street. And that space next to the historic building and that apse in that um, northern corner and also next to that, so that that would put the tall building the farthest away from any of the single family homes that are, that are adjacent to this property. Um, it would move it away from the historic building. Um, that, that uh, corner where it is now, this upper right-hand corner, I would even prefer to see parking put there. Maybe even angled parking could fit there, screened, of course, from the street. Um, but maybe some of the other um, functional pieces that could be screened and be swapped out um, east and west, um, I think would make um, for a more appropriate um, and respectful Siting around this historic building. Um, I, I really have a problem with how large it is and, and how close it is to the historic building. Um, <clears throat> can I just, sure. Can I just, because you bring up such an interesting point about this placement. And actually, in the previous um, uh, iterations of designs for housing and all sorts of things that yeah, were yeah. happening in the site. They tried all kinds of places for two-story buildings all over. If some of us remember, I think mm -hmm. you were here. And we ended up with that, that where you're talking about is the location that the, two, the larger structure could go that we all sort of felt like that. And, and sort of all those proposals ended up with a larger structure back in that corner. That right, right. And, yeah. I, and I think the height difference with the historic building, I, I, could, um, I could live with that. Um, I would prefer to see this, this project get a variance to be way under parked if that's what's necessary. I would be completely comfortable with that rather than doing what's being proposed here to this historic building in terms of um, it being crowded by a new very large um, um, building. And even though there is that clip corner to the roof, it it's still from the street reads like 
it's towering, it's towering over. Um, <clears throat> I would agree with Mr. Farfan about the entryway sloped sidewalk um, because the high point is at that uh, top right corner. You'd have less of a height difference to have to negotiate if your ramp were flipped onto the other side of the entryway. Um, and you would probably have more, you'd, plenty of room as well um, <clears throat> to do that. I couldn't agree more with the meanders. We have um, a rectilinear building um, with a rectilinear placement and everything else about it, even that that apse is not completely round. It, it is, you know, in the cupola, it's octagonal. It's not, it's not round. It doesn't have a curve in it. And so I think for all of the ADA, the new ADA access that needs to be added, um, a simpler form, even if it does have a switchback, um, is, is much preferable. I'm also was had the same concern about the staircase on the north side of the lab building and how that um, would not meet zoning code requirements to protect the views into the property to the north. I know that today there are is a nicely um, a screen of those cypress trees, but they, as what was mentioned, do not live forever. Um, <clears throat> So uh, I thought that the uh, comments about the ground plane changes, I completely agree with. Um, do as little as possible as, as needed to actually make your building functional rather than putting ramps everywhere and, and sort of taking away from the simplicity and the original feeling and association you have of this um, architectural style that were the the courtyard was a, um, one of the character-defining features. Um, I think the uh, suggestion about spot elevations um, on the landscape plan for those whatever ground plane changes there need to be <clears throat> is, is an excellent suggestion. And I would add to that a suggestion that um, if you are not already using one, a historic preservation consultant, to review all of the decisions about materials that need to be repaired or replaced, to have somebody with um, historic experience um, uh, involved in, in those decisions. Um, that was it for my comments for now. I'm losing my voice also. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I would, I agree with, with everything, which has been a lot of very good extensive comments. Um, I'm thinking about with a historic property and adding a new building, we are looking for something that complements the historic building and is subordinate to the historic building. And to, com to complement the building would be something that completes this building, uh, and I don't think that the proposal is 
is completing the building. It's not really recognizing the, the footprint of the building or being added on to the existing building in a way that it, it would complete it. And as far as subordination goes, I think we often say, well, if, it's, if it is below the height, then it's definitely smaller and it must be subordinate. But to, to quote my, my colleague from a few moments ago, this, this proposed building has extremely strong visual impact. <laughs> and I think that visual impact can be, can be competitive, com competing with this historic building, even though it's a smaller footprint, it is, it is not subordinate. Uh, the style of it is not subordinate. The height of it, exactly right, the, the existing historic building, we're not looking at the cupola, we're looking at the, the roof line. Uh, so it's much taller. Uh, and then location-wise, it's so close that it's elbowing the other building. So in my opinion, in order to be complementary and subordinate, the new building has issues with height, the siting, the location and siting, and then the style of the architecture. Any two of those paired up would work, I think. You could, you could, have, you could have this exact building um, with the height if it was located someplace else. You, if you want to locate it here, then you have to change either the height or the architectural style. Um, so I think that it's, there's choices that need to be made in order for this to be complementary and subordinate. Uh, and in order to do this, we have to look at the site in totality. To chop the site up and only look at part of it is just not workable. I, it, it just it has to be a holistic approach. Uh, and since the, we have both the Olive Street frontage and then also all the way through to Lemon Street, I think that it's important uh, that we look at how the, the Lemon Street side frames the courtyard, frames the, uh, the stage, because it also is a, is a frontage. Um, as far as the, the rehabilitation of the historic school, I think it's really important to retain its school. The reasons for its, uh, its historic significance are um, how it was used as a school. And I looked up several of the um, technical briefs uh, interpreting the Secretary of the Interior Standards for school buildings, they all mention the importance of the classrooms, the, the, uh, the fabric of the, the, the building, the features, the interior features, the cabinetry, um, the blackboards. The blackboards are, are mentioned under the Secretary of the Interior Standards multiple times in the things that I've read. And I think that'll go a long way to preserving the cultural history of what happened. Uh, at this at this site, um, and that is that is most of what I what I have to say about this project. I agree with all the extensive things that that have been commented on before. Thank you. Great comments. I agree with all of them. Uh, just quick three things I want to talk about. One of them is the landscape. I think it's a lot's been said. Um, primarily, I would break it up into formal in the rear and 
informal in the front. Keep it simple, clean. If all the projects I've looked at here and all the projects I'm going to look at in the future, I would really, this would probably be the only project where I would say turf or something low would be appropriate. I would never say that in an area that uses domestic water versus reclaim, but this is an exception. The rocks, the rain garden, and all the other decorative shashkis are just not my, my thing. Um, also, the plant selection. Water requirements is very important. I think it, it was totally missed, so hopefully that gets improved. Uh, having a landscape narrative with historical reference would be important. Um, the ADA, I, I think somebody mentioned that there's two entrances, and, and sometimes the, rear's, the rear is um, probably seen as the main entrance. So if this was my project, I would argue as the main entrance, that's where the ADA is, is accessible, and that's where the ramps would be. And the front keep as is, and I would see if I can, that would be grandfathered in as is, uh, because it is a historical project <clears throat> or site. Um, there's a picture on, the, on one of the exhibits of the tile in the front. Um, a lot of projects like this, there's a lot of missed opportunities when they get finished. And I think just ignoring or not, uh, not referencing or bringing that back is a big mistake, something I would regret. Uh, I, I'm, the picture I'm looking at is the tile and the kids sitting in the front. That can be, that's not a very costly, it's not a huge area. Very important. Look at the, oh, look how happy the kids are. <laughs> um, and that's uh, the new, my last uh, area is that new lab building. It is not my favorite. Proportions, it's, it's upside down. The heavy largest is on top and lighter colors on top, but the, the dark, everything's backwards, the, the form, the shape, the color. I agree with everybody here. It's just, I didn't, I had no idea where that building was. It's like, where is that? It just landed here. Um, so I think careful uh, consideration of the, of the style. It looks like a shoebox to me. It just does not look like anything special. Um, that's it. That's my comments. Thank you. Can I share? I forgot something, and I know I was... No, go ahead, and I have a couple items here, too. The comments made by people reminded me of things that I had intended to say, so go ahead. And well, there's something, actually, it just totally went off my radar screen, but I'm actually okay with the ramp change to the one that's in interior to the courtyard between the south entrance and the first classroom. Um, there was a you know, like there's a ramp that's there, but it doesn't meet ADA, and they were going to need to make it longer, and it was going to make one of those thresholds float. And I just wanted to weigh in that I was actually okay with that because I think that's a, we're still keeping a ramp where a ramp was. We're now making it work for current code. It's not a huge change. I'm okay with giving up a door, and, and maintaining the threshold does <coughs> tell the story of where it used to be. And, but I, I, so I'm personally okay with that. Anyway, I wanted to weigh in on that, that... I was, okay. Okay. Is that you. it? That's it. That's I'm going to take that one step further because yeah. that was something I wanted to circle back to. Is I think as you know to kind of summarize what everyone has said is I I I think there's a lot of forced errors in this project that are not driven by preserving a historic building or serving the program. Uh, and one of them goes back to what you were saying, is this ramp there. The new ADA ramp does not need to be the entire width as it exists right now. And so that level floor that maintains that threshold to that door, whether you seal it off or not, doesn't matter. 
But rather than suddenly creating this odd door floating in space, it doesn't have to happen. The ADA ramp doesn't have to be that entire width. So that's what I mean that I think there's forced errors of um, trying to accomplish something in a very big, broad way that isn't necessary. I didn't comment on the height of the building. I, I disagree a little bit with the premise of the question. This is kind of like when you're kids, would you rather slide down a slide? You know, design the building to meet the requirement. That's what I'm going to say. You know, would you rather have this or would you rather have that? Well, no, I'd rather you just built it to, or designed it to build the, to meet the requirements, and I think that's doable. Um, in general, I have concern that I'm reading a report, I get it that it's preliminary, that the project complies with the Secretary of Interior Standards, and I think you've got five people sitting here saying, I'm not convinced yet. Um, I want to quote Peyton Hall, who spoke in front, John's probably heard this line before, sitting in front of us one time said, they don't call me the dream killer for nothing. Um, I, I, I think we, I'm gonna encourage Chapman to be influenced more by the preservation consultant. That's what I'm gonna do. Um, and I, I think that that's the last thing I wanted to say, quantum studies. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Physics. <laughs> but I have to think about people like Einstein, right, whose discoveries are less about something new, but rather about understanding a timelessness, a truth of kind of eternity, the, these things that are far bigger than us. And so while... When I did the walk on this tour, there was a lot of discussion of, well, we want to identify this building as its future. I think you could also look at, the, since it's quantum physics, that it's not just about the future, it's about all time spectrum. Um, so maybe change isn't the way to identify that use. So I don't want to talk anymore about a subject that I don't know anything about, but um, I just think there's some misdirected efforts here. Let's put it that way. So anything else before we close up? A lot to talk about here, obviously, but I do think it came to us at the right time to give this feedback now. Is that it? Okay. Going to let them go home. Jeez, 8.30. So no action is to be taken. I should get back to my agenda here because this is for a continued item. And I don't know if anyone from Chapman wants to address us. You certainly don't have to. Um. Uh, we just really thank you and appreciate your feedback and your input as we move forward with this. Yeah. Well, and I, again, we all want to express to you we appreciate the tours and having this early conversation because it um, helps everybody get on the same page. So thank you. And Colette can do whatever she needs to do now. Um, do, do we need a very, I, I hate to make these people wait longer, but do we need a very short break? I don't need No? That. Okay. Do Let's. Does staff or do they need a break? Have they been waiting, thinking we're going to finish any time for the past hour? No? I don't, I don't want any speakers dancing at the podium. So. Okay, if you are. Okay, let's keep moving then. Next on the agenda is item 6.2, design review number 5041-21, IDI Logistics, LLC. And this is for 
the development of warehouses at 759 North Eckhoff Street. And I will look to staff for a uh, staff report, please. Yes, good evening, Chair, members of the Design Review Committee. The applicant is proposing the redevelopment of a 12.69 acre site uh, with two new warehouses. Uh, the buildings will total uh, 292,762 square feet. The larger of the two buildings, building number one, will be 189,566 square feet. It will have a maximum height of 41 feet at five inches, I'm sorry, six inches, and it will be set back 20 feet from um, Eckhoff Street, and it would have 29 dock doors located on the northern elevation. The second building is just had over 100,000 square feet. Uh, it, it would also have a maximum height of uh, 41 feet, six inches. It would have a setback of 20 feet from Poplar, from Poplar Street and would have uh, 11 dock doors. Uh, so that's slightly smaller building than the other building on the Eckhoff side. Uh, the development uh, would enhance the existing, existing um, industrial character of the surrounding area. It would provide uh, modern elevations, new landscaping, hardscape, and other on-site improvements. Uh, the proposed buildings would consist of uh, concrete tilt-up panels. Uh, the buildings would feature a color palette uh, consisting of neutral grays and whites. The entry areas into the office space will consist of glass materials with aluminum storefront framing. Uh, additionally, uh, to add visual interest, some of the tilt-up panels will have a finish in a tile material. Uh, the applicant did submit a comprehensive landscape plan, uh, which has a variety of trees, shrubs, and ground cover. Uh, the project does incorporate the ornamental landscaping throughout the site's frontage and within the parking lot area. Uh, the, in this particular case, the uh, landscaping benchmark for the number of trees is met. They are proposing 179 on-site trees, which is what is called for. Uh, additional uh, information and specifications on the landscape uh, can be found in attachment number four of the staff report. Uh, lastly, this uh, particular site is located in one of the city's focus areas as identified in the 2010 general plan. Uh, the focus area primarily consists of professional office, uh, commercial uses, and industrial uses such as warehouses and distribution centers. Uh, staff feels that this project goes to achieve the city's desire for redevelopment. It provides uh, two new warehouses, uh, and, and the project does um, further the uh, city's vision for the, uh, uh, based on the 2010 general plan. The applicant is here, uh, can provide additional uh, information, uh, answer questions from the committee. Uh, the DRC committee is being asked to review the project and make a recommendation to the Planning Commission. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, questions for staff before we go further? I just, I just want to make sure you said what you said. We meet the parking requirements and we got enough trees. Yes and yes. You want to say it again? Yes and yes. Great, great. I'm, I'm liking these guys already. Okay. Um, so no questions for, okay. If the applicants want to come up and present as much or as little as you like, it's entirely up to you. And just state your name and again your relationship to the project. 
Good evening. Uh, thank you, Chair Imboden and, and committee uh, staff. Uh, my name is Aaron Shear. I'm the Director of Construction for IDI Logistics. We are a, uh, a REIT, and uh, we haven't we actually a pension fund investors in our company. We're a long-term builder. We're a community partner. So we're, where we place our projects, uh, we're, we're not a merchant builder. So we, we've been holding a lot of our properties for 20 years um, in development. I think we have about 35 properties in Southern California. We're also in other uh, major cities across the country as well, too. Um, I, let's see. So we, uh, yeah, we're excited about, about this project. Um, purchased the site a couple years ago um, after NOV moved out. It's remained vacant. We have full-time security, um, but we're excited to look at the project. We've, we've actually been working with the uh, local police department as well. While the buildings are still up to uh, allow them to do some training, we know there's, there's value in that too. Um, but yeah, we're excited. We're, uh, we're also, we're very uh, ESG in our company, so we're, we're looking at uh, all our projects are lead certified at a minimum, and we're actually, you know, we're we're able to we try to step it up to silver or gold if possible. Um, we explore solar on every one of our projects. We we install uh, electric car chargers, starting to look at it, even uh, truck chargers as well. Um, and then we we usually look at look at making our uh, warehouses AC compatible, or, or at least AC ready that if a tenant in the future would like to um, condition the warehouse, they're able to do so. So uh, with, with me tonight is Matthew Lee from HPA Architects and Tom Hayes from Hunter Landscape. So re really appreciate your time. Okay. Okay. And the other team members are more just for question. You don't have anything to contribute right now. Okay, so thank you for being here and waiting. Um, and I'm sure you're very relieved you don't have a historic building on your property. Yes. <laughs> Not going to ask you any questions about the cultural significance and how you're embracing that. Um, I don't it, think we have any public comment, but I'm ready to make mine. Um, I don't think we have any public okay. comments, no. So before I came on this committee, I never thought I would get excited about an industrial building, but you guys have really <laughs> knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I think the architecture is is really handsome. Um, it's very attractive. Um, you actually tried to get your tree count in and you did. So good for you for trying because we have so many applicants that don't even try. <laughs> and um, normally I'd cringe a little bit when I see a site plan that's just, you know, landscaping around the edge. Um, but I mean, you've met all the requirements. And so um, I have to just congratulate you. I, I just think it's wonderful. I concur. <laughs> well, are you taking comments from everybody? Yes, okay. And let me comment. Okay. Well, I have to say that I agree this is a definitely a quality um, project. It is it is an a nice addition to the neighborhood there along the railroad tracks. Much much nicer than than the neighbors. I think you've done a very good project. I have one comment on the landscape um, and that is you have you have on your um, plant palette the Mexican feather grass which is an invasive plant that I would really like for you to substitute something if you could just use some other grass that would be great especially along the railroad tracks it's you know not cool otherwise I am ready to approve it with that one condition 
What am I going to say now? <laughs> that was going to be your thing. That was going to be my one thing. Um, but since you took that, um, I think. Oh, now he's going to beat up on him because she took it. No, um, in terms of the height of the building, I would say if you can, possibly the trees closest to the building, they can be instead of 24-inch box, maybe more 36, maybe 48 here and there, um, where the public faces, which is on the west side, I believe, uh, Plan West. Um, that is my only comment, I think. I agree with everything that's been said. Thank you. And is that a recommendation? That's a recommendation. Okay. okay. I know it's a cost thing. And yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. This big of a development, yeah, no and this group is left speechless. That never happens. Um, I want to compliment you as well for we um, are always struggling to get tree sizes that are appropriate to the size of the buildings and your buildings are kind of on the big side. Um, when I saw the elevations first, I thought, oh no, here we go again. <laughs> big building, tiny trees. But then when I look at your, your tree palette, these are, you kind of start with smallish, medium, and then work your way up from there. So I want to applaud the landscape architect for um, selecting trees that are it's not his first yeah <laughs> not falling for that again huh um no it's it's great i um i would say the lack of comment that you're receiving from this body should go a long ways um so no i i don't have anything to add the the grass i had picked up on too but these two already addressed that so um i'm gonna go ahead and make a motion i guess since we don't have or, was something ready to go? Go ahead. Oh, geez. I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I mean, it's chair, just my last meeting as a chair, but okay, if you want to go ahead and do it. All right. Go ahead. No, I'm joking. Do it. Do it. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. Just do it. Um, I recommend approval to the Planning Commission of Design Review Number 5041-21, IDA Logistics, LLC, Warehouse Redevelopment. With a recommendation. With a condition that the Mexican feathergrass be changed to a non-invasive species and a recommendation, wait, a condition, mm -mm. subject to the findings and conditions in the staff report. Do I need to start all over again or am I confusing you? <laughs> We've been um, here too long. Subject to the findings and conditions of the staff report um, with one additional condition that the Mexican feathergrass be re replaced with <coughs> a non-invasive species and a recommendation for larger trees that are next to the building. Great. We have a motion. We have a motion for recommended approval with conditions and... I'll second that. And we have a second. Let me get back to my screen. Please vote. Great, unanimously approved. Thank you for your patience and thank you for bringing us such an easily approvable project. Thank you very much. So the last item we have to discuss is adjournment and that will take us to Wednesday, March 1st. Good evening. <laughs>